0: Dork Tales presents Dragonlance, Shadow of the Dragon Queen. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Dragonlance, Shadow of the Dragon Queen. Today, we are going through and telling you how we ran the preludes and Chapter 3, which for some reason, this is the first Wizards of the Coast book that we've ran as a module that starts the game on Chapter 3 rather than Chapter 1, so that feels a little weird to say, uh, but we're going to be hopping into that and uh, giving you some advice for, you know, either people who are returning to Crin or new Dungeon Masters. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to introduce ourselves, let you know who we are and why we are telling you this info. First of all, I'm Kelly. I'm your Dungeon Master for the night, and I'm very excited to be here because I get to share uh, my, my love of teaching and my love of Dragonlance with you very excited about this. Uh, let's go around a big circle, introduce ourselves, and then let's jump right in because we got a lot of info to convey. Christine.
1: Hello, I'm Christine. I use she, her pronouns. Um, and in this game, I play Kalara, which is our human cleric of Michical. Um, You can find me as Lady Liliana in Twitch and Twitter and TikTok for the most part.
2: Nice. All right, over to Chris. Hello, I'm Chris. Uh, I go by uh, Diggy blog in the chat and on some other things and on the Discord. And uh, um, uh, you can find me pretty much exclusively on Dork Tales. You find me somewhere else like TikTok or Twitter. Or, actually, I don't think I Twitter. It's probably but the best of anyway, uh, Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, like it's really it'll just say I'm only there for the memes and there's nothing on there. So, um, yeah uh i play uh godfrey high valor and uh, the uh uh squire of uh salamnia who uh human who uh it's been uh, it's been fun fun so far playing him and looking forward to seeing where this game goes excited to do that too uh down to robin
3: hello i'm robin i use she her pronouns and so does uh razira moonbrush arkender swashbuckler rogue um which um i'm back um i never left you guys but i i looked pretty bad at the end of last game um i had covid um so this is why i sound just 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 lovely um but yeah i am i am happy that we are doing this this little how-to run because i'm still recovering um and i get tired very easily
0: Yeah. So last last week, Robin, we as soon as game ended, you discovered that you had COVID, which was uh, kind of a shock, kind of a surprise. But I'm glad. Yeah, that, that was a uh, fun,
3: emotional thing to deal with at midnight.
0: <laughs> I bet. Um,
3: um, but yeah, you can hear all about that at uh, on the podcast that Kelly and I recorded during my time off work.
0: <laughs> so that nice. was fun. It's good. It's so over on the Patreon right now. Um, all right, over to Cal. Hello. Um, my name is Cal.
4: I use he, him pronouns. Uh, I play Oren our mystical, mysterious elven friend. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to, uh, to see what's, uh, What's Shaken? What's Shaken? What's bacon?
0: What's Shaken and bacon? Probably chicken. Um, Whose mind I can meld with so good um uh, and uh and finally over to jen
5: hey i'm jen i use she her pronouns uh as does uh hazel night granite our lunar sorcerer um and yeah happy to be here my internet's doing weird things today so i'm i apologize if i get like stuttery and laggy and all of that fun stuff mm-hmm. but at least we don't have to worry that it's game and it's just this i mean this is great but
0: yep. yeah uh, all right <laughs> A little so less pressure. Uh, So Cal and Jen, I think this is the first time you've been in a how to episode. Um, Mm -hmm. so the way that the structure is going to work and for those who are tuning in for the first time is that I'm going to go through the module as we have done it so far we are only going to talk about things that have happened I am not going to say anything that is a spoiler for future chapters because the players have not experienced that yet however they are allowed to know some pretty basic things or I'm going to assume some pretty basic things um, that they are going to assume for the future if you are going into this and do not want to be spoiled for anything at the start of Shadow of the Dragon Queen Come back in the next episode. Uh, but if you've already watched up to this point in our show, you should already know all of this stuff or have a sense of it. Uh, also, if you want to ask a specific questions, I've pulled around on Facebook, Twitter, Discord, uh, and YouTube for questions that people might have of the module and advice for them running. Those are going to be answered at the end of the session. Um, and if you have any more that you'd like to ask, put them in the chat right now and we'll add them to the list and we'll get to them. Uh, So the way it's going to work is I'm going to jump in and we are going to start uh, just discussing the module as it is and offering advice. So why don't I start right off the bat with setting up the module. My first suggestion is read Dragonlance. Even if it's just the first book, if you're jumping into this blind without any sense of what Dragonlance is, you might want to do that. I would encourage you to get your players to do it as well. Uh, However, I know it is really difficult to get people to read in general if you must give them the wiki give them uh the the dragon movie the animated one with Kiefer sutherland that is terrible is on youtube for free you can look it up you can send I them that, that was, them was a went... fever dream no I, yeah basically <laughs> it's it was it's a testify sorcery. Um,
5: the audiobook is also quite
3: good yeah i, I was gonna, gonna say that's that. how i consumed a lot i'm still on book two but um
5: yeah uh yeah. It was speed if you want to you know all the good you can change all those things
0: nice i mean if that if that's how you want to do it like do it it's a great way to consume media um we are not sponsored by audible but could be um So some things about Dragonlance that are different from mainstream D&D that would be really useful for you to take a look at is, for example, uh, races and lineages. Regardless of how you describe it, uh, if you're looking at things uh, from from the connotation of dwarves, elves, etc., Dragonlance has a different set of those than you would normally see in a 5e game. Uh, For example, in traditional Dragonlance, there aren't any tieflings. There are not Dragonborn, really, kind of. That's a little iffy. Uh, But there aren't things like, um, you don't really see
2: half-orcs. Kind of. Maybe you could kind of hand-wave that, but you don't see a lot of those. There's, I think there's like one that was written by, like, no, there was like one orc or half-orc in one book once that was not really ever explained at all. Because orcs aren't really much of a thing.
0: So, um, yeah, half ogre. Exactly, exactly. Um, and one of the things that you should look at when you're, when you're doing this is uh, talk to your players and see whether or not they want the vanilla or if they want the 5e version of Dragonlance. Whatever you do at your table, totally valid. It's your table. Anybody who complains about it, uh, if they're outside your table, they don't matter. And if they're at your table, well, do a poll. See, vote on it. See what people want. If you want to do things that involve just the races in in the uh, in the book, though, uh, I've had a lot of people ask me, "Well, where do you find info about that?" And here's the thing: it's in the it's in the PHB. If you go into the PHB and look at the different sub races, they already have included things from Feyrune, Greyhawk, and Kryn in this book. Um, they give you examples, like uh, for the elves, they say, for example, that. Uh, If you go into the subcategories, High Elves, the Sun Elves of Faerun. um, They say that, where is it? The Sylvanesti of Dragonlance are listed right in there. So you might have glazed over it, but it is just right in the rules, right there. And they give you some examples. Uh, However, if that doesn't fit what you want to do with that, like, for example, Cal, with your character, we kind of, uh, we played around because you took Wood Elf. And they kind of assume that, like, that's more Kaganesti in the core book. Yeah,
4: right? It's more Kaganesti, mm. which are kind of like the tribal elves. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, though those guys are pretty cool. But then when you and I did the backstory and it was like, well, I like what mechanically they do, but I don't want to be that. And so mm-hmm. being very malleable about, like, the sub-race tweaks... Um, Worked out, worked out fine, and be
0: be opinion. flexible. Like it, do, it doesn't hurt to be flexible, right? So, um,
2: and and that's that's one of the neat things about like this game with how simple like the uh, the the set is. It's so easy to just change thematics, Yeah, um, just reskin, adapt it to like uh, the fluff of your character, and it's, it doesn't. The mechanics are still the same. It's just different, uh, uh out coating or a uh, paint, right? Like yes. Yeah. Exactly, like a human... I think, like,
3: you want to... I was going to say, just like, yeah, it's it's a conversation you need to have, and if you are a huge fan of of Dragonlance, and there's other players that are huge fans of Dragonlance, and really want to stay into the the races thing, that's just something that you also need to bring up as well with your players, being like... Because, like... The other... The races that we have are good races, like, um... I know even if there wasn't Kender, like I would be happy to do like the slightly more simple, basic, simple, Halfling. basic races. Halfling. Yeah.
0: Halfling works for Kender if you don't want to use Kender. Yeah. Gnome works for Kender technically because they're gnome races, But um, just discuss with your players whether or not you want the vanilla, which the book will tell you what is the, the vanilla races. Um, you, I'd use the Minotaurs from Theros if you wanted to bring them in as well because uh, Minotaurs are a big part of the lore. <laughs> Uh, especially if you've ever read, like, the books with, like, Kaz the Minotaur. Um, but if you want to do, like, all sorts of weird races, you know, bring in tieflings, ASMR bring in Turtles, whatever. Um, a lot of people in the chat have been saying that you could use, like, other world, like, Isekai anime style, where it's like, oh, I'm a traveler from another world. You can totally do that. With that in mind, if you're going to do that, and you want to stay kind of true to the Dragonlance mythology, I would tie it into The Return of the Gods, Say that the Return of the Gods, Takasus' Return, the Dragon Armies, etc. might have sucked people in from other worlds. That's a good way to hand wave it and be like, oh, this is why there's tiefling now. But talk to your players about whether or not you want there to be any type of systemic prejudice there. Because if you have someone coming in that looks like a tiefling, I keep picking on tieflings because they look like devil people. That's gonna look weird. If I was walking down the street in, in the real world and there was someone with devil horns and a tail walking down the street that wasn't a costume, I'd probably look twice. But if you want the players just to be, you know, kind of accepted and, and the players don't want to role-play that up, it's your table. That might be something better for you. Um
4: dragonborn. What? They look they're gonna look like beefy draconians.
0: Yeah. And, and a lot I... of people <laughs> And just, just say that, like, they're Draconians. Because there are Draconians that broke free from, from Takas' army. Yeah. Right? So you could play a good aligned Draconian. Just say it's a Dragonborn. Then you don't have to do the rules changes. And you get a breath weapon. Oh, there's, there you go. Everybody wants a breath <laughs> weapon. Don't give me, like...
1: Oh my God. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I I would rather
0: explode (laughs) on
4: (laughs) death than take a breath weapon.
2: (laughs) And yeah, you know, honestly something like exploding on death, the character's dead anyway. So why not go out with a bang? Right. We're going to talk about
0: going out with a bang in a minute, but yeah, like a metallic draconian one that just failed the
2: process. Do
0: it. Um, okay. So that's, that's my, my call on restricting races. Um, also let's talk about the, the biggest thing that people complained about when this module started, uh, which is Kender. The amount of Kender hate on the internet is tremendous. And it's because Kender got a really bad rap in previous editions. Robin, you've been playing a Kender exemplary. Uh, Thank exempl- you. Exemplarily. You've been doing it perfect. I've been loving every second of it. And I'm so glad that you did it. But I can see where a lot of people would go off with Kender. Um, I Totally. Stro- Do you have any advice for how you have been playing Kender that, that you have managed to rope it in and what you've been focusing on that and does anybody have any any advice or opinions on the way Robin's been playing it that might be helpful to people who want to play Kenders?
3: Yes. Yeah. I would say the biggest thing with, with Kender um that you want to to focus on is not the the borrowing and the stealing. Like it it's a thing that they do. And it's because they just they don't see it like that um but I really like when I was building Riz I really thought about oh I don't want I don't yeah I'll be kind of it'll be fun to do that but I want to really focus on the the childlike wonder that is the kender is that they are they're innocent in their like kind of the maturity level where they're still that child and that's what I really like want to focus on when playing her is that that innocence and that like the lack of fear that you have when you're a kid, like to do stuff, mm. kids are free, like fearless, and they they will hurt themselves and then maybe realize that they did something wrong, like. But maybe only if you cry, like, or if you if yeah.
5: you look afraid.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the whole that, exactly. that joke about kid gets hit with a meteor. Just don't mention it. Be like, oh, that's nice, sweetie. and The kid is like, yeah. I got hit with a meteor. Yay.
5: Meteor,
3: <laughs> but it's like so. I really, really wanted to focus on on that where it's like I'm not gonna like you know i do focus on the on the looking in my bag and and seeing what can happen but it's more like a i'm not purposely trying to fuck over my party i actually asked cuz i think someone yeah i think YouTube it was in a chat comment. or the youtube comment yeah what i asked for with the with the my like the rest of the party was to give a list of things that they mm-hmm. wouldn't mind ending up in my in my bag at some point that i pull out for comedic effect or to lighten a scene or something um and it's like Riz isn't gonna take it like I'm not taking it if it's like oh yeah suddenly like when Kelly had Riz have Godfrey's pommel that was on the list that Chris had sent me of things that I can have and obviously I'm gonna give it back and not take it because Kendra don't see it as like taking it's like oh I was just holding this for you it fell Mm -hmm. out of your bag kind of thing so it's just—it's really something that if you want to explore that um, mm-hmm. aspect As of the kender, is that something that you want to confer with your party and make sure that the a they're okay to that you do that and b then they give you stuff that's okay because I'm not gonna go steal Kalara's staff
2: mm-hmm. because that's a very her source.
1: Based yeah, idea. exactly,
2: and yeah. That, yeah, which was fantastic. Um, uh, like, I think it's...
1: like the big thing is not um playing it in that troll player way so it really yeah. depends on the player and the whole oh, that well that's what my character would do you turn that off when you yeah. play a freaking kender yeah you turn that off it doesn't matter what they would do you are in control of them because they yeah, are yeah. your character when and you're playing yeah, you kender, cannot be an asshole to your friends when you're yeah. Yeah, kender,
0: like, you want to play yes and Always, yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah, Um, yes, it's
5: very much a yes and character. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Um, like I, I gave you a list of things, and there are a couple on there that I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine out of character. If you take this, there just might be consequences. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and and that's the thing. Like for for me, like
3: um, as as like me being that, it's like, yeah, no, I totally, I want you guys to like, you know, slap Razir on the wrist and stuff like that because I think a, it's funny, and b, it's just like. Yeah, how did this get in here? It's 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 very much like a a thing, and they had that on the Unearthed Arcana yeah. when that was released for having a Kinder pouch, and they took mm-hmm. it away probably because people were like complaining about it and all the Kinder hate that it got. So when when it happened and it wasn't in the book, I actually asked Kelly to make a feat because we all get a starting feat at level one. Yep, yeah. mm-hmm. and I was like. I actually really like the idea for role play of having this bag that has just random shit in it that I can pull from because I think it's, I think it adds to the character and it adds to Kendra because there's a great quote in book two um,
5: mm-hmm.
3: saying that uh, an item that has been in a Kendra's house for three weeks is considered an heirloom, a family heirloom because like if it's not nailed down in a Kendra's house, yeah. it will just get, borrowed and sold. In West. Totally. So if you've had something for three weeks, it, it's considered a family heirloom.
0: So I want to talk a little bit about this because I've had a lot of people ask about it. I haven't published it yet because the, the OGL debacle happened. And also I have a hundred item list that I'm curating for it. That's just, <laughs> I haven't had time to do it. So I'm going to share the basic details and then I'm going to try to have this, the basic version of this up on our discord, uh, within the next, like, I don't know, 24 hours or so. So you should be able to get it there. Um, so the feat that I allowed Robin to take was this one called light handed. Uh requirement, Kender. You gain proficiency in sleight of hand. You also gain expertise with that skill, which means your proficiency is bonus bonuses doubled on any ability checks. So this is the um, I believe the what is it, expert skill or the expert feat. Um
3: skills or a skill master or something. That's that, what yeah. it was.
0: So skilled. But in normally skilled gives you a plus one to an attribute or to an ability score. Uh, instead of that, you have the uh, this additional ability. You have the habit of finding useful objects that have found their way into your possession through no fault of your own. As an action, you can search your pockets or a similar container you're carrying and pull out a random object from the table below. This object le- leaves your possession after one hour, though you may find it again on future rolls. You may use this ability a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus and regain all ex- uh, all uses when you finish a long rest. Kendra should be aware many of these items have owners who tend to become strangely belligerent when someone finds them. Uh, and it is a list of 20 items. Uh, everything from some gold pieces, uh, steel coins, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, random trinkets on the trinket table, um, rations, uh, to a complete change of clothes, which if you choose, you can roll 1d4 for size and like the the type of clothing, if you'd like. If you wanted to be a woman's dress, maybe that's a 2. I don't know. A small, a small woman's dress or a child's dress would be like a one, maybe. Um, then uh, there's an advanced Kender borrow table, which is a D-100 that I'm doing, which goes everything from a prosthetic arm, like, you know, for the rocket raccoons among us, to a a pouch full of screws and bolts, to a spy glass with a cracked but functional lens, uh, to a smoking pipe, uh, one for smoking, one that is not smoldering, although maybe, uh, to a... Uh, to, Uh, Someone suggested Yo Mama go in the book, which I have replaced with a small book of erotic poetry called Thick Salamnic Matrons.
3: Oh my God, I want to pull that out.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay, Uh, but I also have some rules that are going in this. PC theft. If you want to encourage banter and engagement between kender and other players without violating player agency, ask each player for a list of things, as per Robin's idea, that they don't mind having borrowed from their inventory. This item list can be given to the DM or the kender and used to add drama or excitement. Everything not on the list is assumed to be nailed down. So, if you don't want to put, like, your your family signet ring on that list, that signet ring is not stealable by the kender. It's just it's not unless unless the player wants to engage in some type of antagonistic behavior it is known to be off the table
3: what's wrong you i i at the on the bottom of the on the bottom of the list i had all the party stuff that i could steal on this thing and you've deleted it no
2: Have I? That's all right. Our inventory's changed a little bit. We should give you a new one. I'll just
1: go to a
0: backlist. Um, And then I also have an additional mechanic on there called Passive Sleight of Hand. Uh, Kender are one of the only lineages in all tabletop role-playing games that should have such a juicy ability. Uh, You can use this as a DM to provide clues, keys, needed items if they are trapped in a jail cell and you just need them out of that jail cell. When the scene is getting boring, the Kender can find the key. You can just decide this happens um you can check the kenders passive sleight of hand and dictate that they have an item if you think it's that difficult even more fun alternatively you can roll sleight of hand versus the kenders own passive perception to see if they don't notice they acquire something because they do it compulsively and given that they're taking this feat uh most likely that means that they're probably going to have a pretty good roll versus their passive perception so this is uh, something mine I are equal
3: encourage. mine are equal are they right actually now? equal
0: damn my, my
3: passive slight is 18 my passive perception is 18
0: um now <laughs> i'm I'm gonna mention a product that i have not purchased so i do not know its its quality uh but on the dungeon masters guild uh on dmsguild.com there is a book called tasselhoff's pouches of everything uh which has just hit, it just hit gold it's a very well-purchased book and is now going to be available for print soon uh, which is why I have not bought it yet. I'm waiting for it to go into gold so I can, or waiting for it to go into hard copy so I can have a physical manifestation of it. Um, it may have additional things that are really useful. If you're looking for something to spice up your Dragonlance game, consider that book. There's also the Dragonlance Companion on there that I have not read as well. Um, okay. So uh, are we good to moving off Kender?
1: I was I just going yeah, to go say,
5: thing. yeah, Jen, go for it. Yeah. Just from the kind of non uh side of things, um, that whole asking PCs for for a list of things—it's a great way to um, to add that drama to maybe add things that might not come out otherwise from your backstory. Because I know there's a couple of things that that I that might come out with with Riz um, having them that you know suddenly there's an interesting point of my backstory that wouldn't necessarily come out otherwise. And mm-hmm. so I really love the idea and I just really like how he handled it
1: um one person mentioned in the chat actually i think it was buddy mentioned that one of the things that they had done with the kender was that Mm -hmm. they would use everybody else in the party's pouches as their storage pouches for whatever random pieces of stuff that they picked up so you'd get random neat rocks random buttons crap like that showing up in your pouches randomly Mm -hmm. so nothing like malicious it seems like but that's kind of cute too Way to handle oh, like, it? like The other
4: way around? Like everyone else ends up with things? Yeah, so like that, they,
1: yeah. once they got comfortable with their party, it seems like a thing of like, well that's all my pro- I have access to all Shared that anyways. So. What's this? Oh, I don't Shared. want it. Here
2: you go.
0: Kendrew, or, just well, put I it don't have any space. I'm
1: going to put it in that pouch. Yep.
0: If you're playing mm-hmm. Kender, you should be playing for the fun of the entire party. And I have
4: one thing to comment to my please, fellow please. forever DMs. Um, the problem is, was never with Kender. The problem was with, y'all remember playing D&D when you were teenagers? It's what my character would do, like Christine said, and being all like, oh, that's just what Kender do and passing notes to your DM and like low key PVP. No, I <laughs> we're, we're adults. Uh, if, but if that's, that's how you fun. want to run
0: your table, that's fine. That's not how we like to do it
4: exactly Well, oh, and that's what session zeros are for and hey what do you guys want to do do you want are you okay with greedy characters stealing the gold and that kind of thing and it's like
0: i've had see, I've had too many people and things. roommates steal stuff from me in real life that i don't like that
3: <laughs> yeah that's not yeah. a fantasy thing we want to yeah you don't want you don't need to imagine it
5: when it's happened I, but yeah yeah
4: the problem was never with kinder
5: yeah i did once play a <laughs> rogue where the entire party gave me the gold to hang on to <laughs> i was like why would you do this <laughs> yeah, was, well, i think that's
3: what you all gave riz the the steel like, to hold on to it's like it's gonna end up there anyway it's like okay,
2: the chances of you know someone it taking it from you are slim though it's true yeah so i i think uh i i just want to add on like I, I do think that to the uh the wonder uh, that uh, you brought to Rosera, and um, uh, with how how uh, the Kender is played, uh, the and the combination of like the the idea that you got, and uh, um, I'm not sure uh, who uh, uh, d- did we have a username so we could credit to the person who uh, who came up with that idea, or.
3: No, I forget. It was a a YouTube thing. Um, okay. Oh my God, my session zero. Um, I, I can it, look it up. Was where... It was fantastic.
2: It was. It was. A, it was. A, it was an
3: absolutely idea. amazing idea. Whoever did this, and if and, you're in the chat, please. And I think Kelly nailed it cause... too.
2: Like, uh, like you're you're playing it for the fun of everyone, and yeah. uh, it's it's uh, Kendra is a great way to keep the game moving. Um, with that kind of a wonder, and you're not trolling the other players like it's it's no it's
3: not it's not fun i and i want you guys to be in on this stuff so i think like that it gives it gives an in and it gives that already that sense of camaraderie because you're in on the the plan with me by consenting and giving me the list you're in on this thing and it's suddenly it's it's a it's a it's a consent-based thing
0: yeah it's fun for everyone yeah exactly exactly um let's let's bounce through some quick ones right now so that's that's our feeling on Kender. That's under there. Um, so uh, remember, magic items in this game are going to be a big deal. Kryn, the, the normal people in the world don't tend to have magic items. It's only the mages and those who are special who have them. So when you get a magic item, even downplay it. Like it is definitely um, when Ispen Green Shield Shield is given to the players. It's a plus one, but it's the module still leaves it very ambiguous whether or not it is actually magic or if it is just lucky. Play up that. Have fun with that. Okay? That's what I have there. Now, restricting spells. We are doing it in our game that Christine is the cleric. She is the only one that has any type of healing magic or restorative magic. Because, well, nobody else would. So there are a lot of spells that um, that Orantiros does not use. And there are some spells that actually uh, Jen as Hazel... Would normally have access to that we've discussed and we've swapped out in the original write-up for lunar lunar mages, uh, they had uh, moonbeam and in the final book version they replaced that with with lesser restoration.
5: Yeah, so at the third level um, where I get access to like three more spells um, on top of everything else because I have so many spells, um, mm-hmm. they moved a couple of the spells around. So I think um, I also I got lesser restoration. I got blindness, deafness, and I got alter self. And two of those, I think, oh, no, they just moved one to a different moon. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. And then moonbeam for less restoration.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And i know that like we so we just discussed that and we all agreed as a table that if the magic of if the divine magic coming back is supposed to be special and divine healing is supposed to be such a big thing then it should be restricted but if any of the other players who are spellcasters ever felt restricted by that like for example if orantiros ever felt like oh the healing magic was a real big part of the cleric spell list we can always supplement something else in To be honest, spell lists are pretty interchangeable if it's all the same level. And bards can, I mean, they eventually can draw from any list at higher levels anyway, so allowing a couple of swap-outs is not a huge deal. Just a reminder that uh, bards are generally not trained by the Towers of High Sorcery, so we have been flavoring that that it's elven elven bullshit, basically.
5: Elven magic.
0: (laughs) I was... (laughs) I was
4: almost wondering if, like keeping the bard class, but Orintiros actually going and passing that first test
0: would make sense. If you if you want to join the towers of high sorcery, you could you could still keep the the bard class and just be not a particularly like powerful
4: mage or more versatile.
0: I don't Mage, see why not. Uh, you, and I, I don't remember from the lore if elves have something similar that's like more cultural based in, in Dragonlance. Something I to know, look into.
4: Yeah. Can you for look sure. into that for me because I know yeah. that
0: like, like Dalimar does join, you know, there are a lot of mages who are elves, but is there something kind of like that over there? I don't know. Um, Feet changes. Out. So, quick reminder when you're building Dragonlance characters, you get a bonus feat at level one and level four because this is a rough world. Um, the feat selection. Um It's real good if you are one of a couple of types of, of character. If you are just a normal person, um, for example, if you are basically looking at this this group, if you are a bard or a rogue, it's not super great. You get tough or you get alert. I think. Skilled. Uh, skilled.
3: Yeah, tough or skilled.
0: So feel free to customize that. I think that a lot of the um, a lot of the racial feats from um, uh, from not Volos. Uh, from uh either tashas or or other things like that are are pretty solid uh i would i would restrict any of the initial combat ones like um uh the minus five plus 10 feats maybe take those out but more, like more character focused ones um kalara took uh chef as as hers did you take chef and tough
1: um i believe so um we just took my feats. So Tuff was one of the ones that they specifically had, Mm -hmm. I think. And then Chef was the weird one I took. Mainly because it's to do with healing. And since I was planning on playing the very white mage healer character, um, I took stuff all in regards to healing. And then that helped inform her backstory of like working in the inn and being a bit of a baker and that sort of stuff. Um, And that's part of why we also um, differentiated spell lists a bit because if healing is my thing Mm. but two other people can do it i'm worthless in the party at that point (laughs) i have no role that somebody else can't do and that doesn't feel good and it's a reason why i've generally avoided that style of healing mage in the past but i really want to play that because this is very much an old style fantasy story and that is a character in that sort of thing Because, like, if you ever watch our other games in Shards of Nern, Malia is also the cleric and the healer, but she does a a shit ton of damage because I go for the damaging spells Hmm. a lot more and work on being a damage spellcaster because I like to be a dwarf that takes no shit in that game. Mm -hmm.
0: So, um, with that, like, any feat that seems reasonable, I I would say not lucky. Um, I would say uh, Orontiros took observant. So that's. Uh, a huge bonus to Orontiros's passive perceptions and things like that uh, and allows him to read lips, which he hasn't really used yet, but is going to be probably real useful in the next bit. Now that we're going to starting to do war and intrigue.
4: I may have forgotten it, that other than overhearing it. conversations in a tavern. I, <laughs> there hasn't been a lot of use for it, but I, I well, go over my sheet every now and then and I'm like, Oh yeah, I can do that. Right, it's
3: it's fun. I just remembered about Song of Rest for um everyone for forgets Keiko Song of Rest at level 11 Um, so it's like, hey guys, whoops, you could have been adding an extra d8 to our short rests.
2: Oops. Yeah, it's uh, and, yeah, the feet thing, like it's it's like it's not that big of a deal <laughs> when everyone else is getting something, right? Like uh yeah, um and it depends on the like if something just makes sense for the character. And okay, it's not on the list, talk to the DM, like, see if it, or if, uh, if you are, don't like what's there, um, and, but don't want uh, to, uh, um, don't want to like push for anything in particular, ask the DM, like, mm-hmm. hey, uh, I don't, don't think either of these two, uh, like, uh, fit, um, what would you recommend? Or do you mm-hmm. think that I might be able to take, and then maybe your DM will give you two or three other suggestions of ones that, uh, they think work. It's true.
0: Um, all right, so uh, let's move on from that. So, uh, steel coins. Steel coins are a point of contention in the module uh, because uh, the the book is written in gold. In Dragonlance, they don't use gold. Gold is, is not valuable. Uh, everything is purchased with coins made of steel because they could be melted down because it's a world that's constantly at war. Just change it to steel. And if your players ask about the steel economy or if they tried to do something where they try to figure out that something is literally worth its weight in steel because then you can melt it down. Assume that there's a technique that is involved with blacksmiths where there is a certain amount of loss or maybe the steel uh, is like part, the steel coins are like maybe part steel and part nickel or something like that to weigh them. So they have, yeah, or they're really (laughs) tiny, right? Like just hand wave it if you want the flavor. We use steel, the book says gold. Steel is what the book, what the original Dragonlance novels say, and that's what we're using because we're we're old heads, we're old heads. Every uh, single right.
4: one of us has has said, "Oh, and um, how much gold was it, uh
0: steel was that?" <laughs> right, because we're so yep. at least we're not saying how much. It's gonna happen every crats. time
1: I have anytime I have to ask for money Absolutely. in this game because we've been playing like D D for years and it's gold normally. So I will I habit. will say
5: gold in mage.
1: <laughs> like yeah right i know how many
5: it's, it, it's the real gold. world
2: I, I hope you say that in life. technocracy that's right so sense. how many yeah. how many gold back do i get in chain i mean damn it how many
5: so if, if you play the syndicate you could be talking about gold that's <laughs> true. <laughs> right.
0: it's true so let's guys. go let's go through the rest of the setup real quick and then start the prelude so character backgrounds okay cool uh character backgrounds generally sort you into one of a few different categories salamnic uh, salamnic knights mages divine casters and other, okay? So when you're looking at the way that your character's background and what backgrounds you select uh, play into that, be mindful, like pick backgrounds that'll work inside of that. And um, and and definitely as a DM, try to help people pick backgrounds and, and have them be flexible, have the background features be exchangeable in your games. They talk a lot about that in Tasha's guide. It's a good book for that reason. D&D should be modular as you need it to make a good game for your table. But the major background thing is not a mechanical thing, but it is a story thing. What if someone wants to be from Vogler? It's The module assumes that no one is. However, when we were doing this, Christine wanted to play a small town girl, you know, living in a lonely world. Um, and she wanted to be from near Vogler, which meant that she had a lot of local knowledge. You can leverage that as a DM to make the town feel more like home, especially Especially if this character is, I mean, hell, it doesn't have to be from any one of the backgrounds in particular. Like if we're talking about the big three, um, Kelara is a local divine caster. That's a big deal. That's homecoming queen stuff right there. She's she's like the most popular girl in town suddenly. Even the gods love her. You know, if she's a mage, then she went away to college and came back and is now a wizard. If she's a Salomnic knight, then awesome. She is maybe her family heritage. Maybe her family was descended from the people who used to run Thornwall before Beckett or Becklin took it over. You know, you've got lots of options and it gives you a sense that you can kind of like inject some of that
1: hometown pride, which we're
0: going to get to in a minute, how you can do that and make that a bit better. Um, And
1: I will say like Mm. having that connection made the last episode way harsher. It, I felt connected. Like I really felt like Oh, th- this is not just like generic. Oh, yeah, evil inciting incident sort of thing. So mm-hmm. that like you have a reason to go into the f- the fighting of the module. Right. This is literally her home.
0: And yeah, you should make it feel like the beginning of Beauty and the Beast when you're playing. That's really Valor. what it felt
1: like. Right. I was totally. There goes the baker ba- with, like, with his bread layer always, and that those eggs are too expensive now. Yep. Yeah. No work cakes for us. eh?
0: Um, All right, so is it a good idea? It's a totally good idea. Something else that you should be aware of, though, is that the book changes some of the things about the Tower of High Sorcery and the way that the tests work. So be sure to read that really clearly. Uh, For example, um, normally you go to the Forest of Weirith, you take the test and you live or die and then come out as an X-Man. I mean, a wizard. It's basically the X-Men. But we had a bit of trouble looking at this because... um, the, the, the tower is not as important. And in fact, later in the module, this is not a spoiler, but this is just something that the players, I, I made sure Jen was aware of. When she takes her test, it is not going to be at the Tower of High Sorcery. It is going to be later in the module, kind of like a, like a on the road type of thing. That changes the flavor a lot. And you need to be aware of that as you are being prepared to run it. And you need to make sure that anybody who is really, really obsessed with the lore, that they know it too because that can dampen their enjoyment. I know that it was a bit of surprise to, to Jen finding that out, that they did change that component of it because so much of your background before the book, uh, I still have not received my, my hard copy, by the way. So, oh, uh, um,
5: so yeah, the, the thing, I mean, it changes in the series too, which is, was the hard part. So like Raceland goes through a very particular path and um, but he goes to like magic school as a kid. Cause I was listening to the, this stuff of his background, oh, um, yeah, and Soulforge. Yeah. So he actually goes to, to school as a child. And so he, his first test is like when he's 13. Mm. Um, so I was trying to also figure out how my character who only discovered she had magic as an adult leaving Thorbarden. Mm. That's a whole backstory bit, but, um, she found that out. And so it's like, how would she have to be able to approach this? And there's another book I read, um, uh, the night of the eye, I think, or something like that. Um, where there's an adult who goes to the tower to become a wizard. And like, so he, he does a first, like he gets his mentor immediately without having to do any sort of test or anything. So it's like, there's all these different ways of doing it. So, I'm glad I got to do some part of the tower, um, because that was important, uh, to the character, but the, on the road part is a little less important. So
0: fair. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I have to say about the towers of high sorcery. Um, what I want to say as well, so more setup things, sidekicks. If you don't have a full party of four people, consider a sidekick. If you have a full party of five, consider a sidekick. They're great. They can raise drama if they die. Levna almost died until I checked her stats, um, which is great. Um, level up your sidekicks. I have that further down on the list, but just I'll say it right now. Be sure to level them up because uh Derrett has four times as many hit points as levna and she's a knight so maybe check that uh, when you're going through your sidekicks look at what is available and pick something that will not steal the spotlight from another party member there's a wonderful kender in the book uh that i would have loved to use but we don't need to because then you've got two kender and then you're let you might end up as the less special kender
3: yeah which is is nice to 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 get yeah exactly then I'd have to fight her to the death and then it would just I would die is
2: is an illegal sport uh, underground (laughs) sport in uh, Slamnia we don't allow that it's against the law
4: Um, but if they ever meet like on a a trail or a road right it's like there can only there can be only one
0: Oh, and uh, for, the, for those in the chat saying thank you for the trauma with Levna, don't worry, the trauma's just begun. She took a lot of fire damage and, and almost died. She is going to be, uh, she might be out of the module forever, depending on how the players handle that. Like, she may be infirm Someone the rest of her life. Someone almost died and got lit on yeah. fire. At right? least once. Um, so, uh, a couple of other things about that uh, before we move on. Sidekicks. Pick one that works. If you want to include a mage, for example, I consider, because I really like the white mage that's in the book. Uh, I talked to Jen, I was like, do you mind if there's another mage? And I think you said that you'd prefer to be the only one.
5: Um, It was, well, it was more that I didn't. Um, you didn't want to be redundant. I didn't really right? feel a connection to any of the sidekicks. So I was fine mm. if you wanted it, but I didn't care.
0: So, but if you do that, like make sure that you don't have two of the same moon, maybe have a red robe and a white robe or a white robe and a black robe you know have some conflict there and it or renegade you, or renegade yeah use the well you you might not be able to have a renegade in the same party with a with a robed mage cuz they might have to turn them in when you go and meet the mages in future chapters but maybe that's drama maybe that's interesting because uh-huh. as a sidekick it doesn't matter they are expendable um They are not expendable to the emotions of the players, but they are expendable to your narrative. So remember, the sidekicks are tools to help you make the game work. Uh, Don't bend over backwards if you don't want them, but if you want to include them, having Levna as Godfrey's superior means that I get to have a sarcastic boss tell him what to do. I love it. And he gets to be cooler than her. Like he gets to be the one that does all the hard work. So Chris feels cool. He's getting there. He's getting there he's getting there, right yeah so um other things the board game you don't have to buy it the the wartime combat works just fine as is we'll talk about the fray in a little bit um if you want to do the board game do the board game it might be a good board game i don't know we do not have a setup that allows for us to play it on stream and i didn't want to spend hundreds of dollars buying additional cameras and figuring it out because our it, it just wouldn't work. So we, we're we not doing that, unfortunately. Uh, if you find a good channel that does do it, let me know. I'd love to see how the game runs. Um, one last thing for the basic prelude, I would suggest generate between 10 and 20 NPC names uh, to fill out the town. Uh, we have a bunch of people in the town that are NPCs that were used during the festival scene that are, sometimes you just need a name. You know, you need to know that Sadden Redstream is there or Telchil Frostmail or Jan Cornwallis or Nihani or Matilda Stone or Leon Fairlight. You need to know that all of these NPCs are filling out the town because they exist. I just generated them. I went to an NPC generator that suggested some traits. I picked and choose what I wanted. And that's how I ended up with uh, a shaved head Channing Tatum lookalike, you know. Uh, <laughs> and you can use these people to fill in things where the NPCs in the game do not allow for. All right, so strongly suggest that just have a list, and it's always good to have an NPC because if you have somebody who's like, oh yeah, you're competing with this 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 thing, and this guy like ties with you and is like, yeah, I'll, hey yeah, but I bought you a drink, buddy, and your and your player goes, cool man, what's your name? I'm I'm John Dragonkiller, and you're like, <laughs> uh, uh. My name is Jeff. You know?
4: <laughs> I like, don't
0: want to be Jeff. My name is Jeff. <laughs> There's always
5: at least one Jeff.
0: There's yep. always at least one EJF. It's spelled with three yeah. You know what sounds like a fake name? <laughs> Channing. What? Channing.
5: Channing. That sounds I mean, like yeah, a D
4: DM. Just went, oh this guy's name is Chand... uh, Chan uh Chan. Channing. Chan
3: Chan. Yeah. Chan. Channing. Channing.
4: Channing. Tatum. Are you just looking at and those his friends? And the wizard potatoes. is Shia. The wizard is Shia
3: LaBeouf. 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 Yeah, sure. La- the La-
4: buff. wizard Shia LaBeouf and uh, the buff. Wizard.
5: Yeah, wizard the buff is wizard the buff. Wizard the
0: buff. All right, we have a wizard the
4: buff. Oh,
5: wait, that's what I'm playing. <laughs> All right, so yeah, just
0: hammer. Let's tackle the prelude right now. I want to give. I want to get through this pretty quick. Uh, so. Uh, so, how to structure the preludes for maximum impact? If you're if you're running the preludes for your players, uh, let's start. Broken silence. So, this is the 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 opening that has things for all the divine casters. Your goal there should be a couple things. For one, it should be to focus on the the surrealness of the situation over the concrete. It's supposed to be a dream sequence, but it should be half rooted in reality. Like the players should have this kind of mystic sense, like they're sleepwalking into something. Focus on that. And you will go right when you're describing the scene or any details, focus on the contrast between the elements in the scene. They're going into this temple with a bunch of ruined statuary. But as they get in there, the statues recomplete themselves with starlight. So you should be going between the broken down post-cataclysm metaphor and the divine truth hiding behind it. Keep going. It sounds more complex than it is. Basically, broke versus perfect. Contrast those and make it, like, remind people that the world is used to be much more intact. Think about the Star Wars prequels and you'll get a good sense of what you're going with here. Cataclysm, -cataclysm. post-cataclysm. Get player input on what god they want to play. Don't force a god on people unless your player is just asking for it because... Like literally asking for it, is it's just not as much fun. Uh, I would also consider adjusting your holy symbol. We decided that um, rather than Kalara have a holy symbol, that a uh, their holy symbol should be um, the staff because I wanted to be red. a
1: magical girl with a staff.
0: And, uh, the, the Dragonlance <laughs> thing, right? I mean.
1: And I want the to the use a quarterstaff as a cleric, so I didn't have a really incredible weapon. But I also wanted to look cool in the art. <laughs> I didn't yeah, want this to just plain dope. stick. I wanted to look awesome. So I was like, can I just have like my special staff? It doesn't have to do anything until like way higher levels. It doesn't even have to be magic or anything. I just wanted to look cool. <laughs>
0: so uh, I would suggest that also if you have multiple clerics that are going to be meeting at the same time that's a great way to introduce them to each other in the same dream sequence Um, you can run that at the table or run it privately you could also run it separately and have them have these divisions divisions separately from each other I would have them together if it's the same god Uh, you can even do some cool thing where they both reach for like the holy symbol if you decide to go with the holy symbol and instead of them like have the holy symbol kind of break away like you're looking at it with like 3d glasses and it pulls into two holy symbols as they both touch it or something like it's divine magic be cool with it be kind of surreal okay um and have fun two halves of a medallion two halves of a medallion to combine oh, they become classic. okay eye in the sky which is the mage opening okay uh reminder that the barb is weird and go wherever you want it to go I would also say make the barb mystical. Maybe it teleports. Maybe it moves around like the Tower of High Sorcery. uh, Or at least like the Forest of Weirith. Uh, Have it use teleportation where you can reach from a bunch of different places. It has a ton of doors in the inside that kind of work like a clock. So you walk in through one door, you walk out, and you're in a completely different part of the world. Cool. Who cares? This is something that's just... It's a plot device. You're never going back to the barb. It is something they threw together. Okay? Um... Something the module does not allow for is that it assumes that your mage is going in alone or, the module states, you can have an NPC tag along with them. Why not a PC? If you are looking for a place to fit, some of the PCs who don't fit into the other spots necessarily or are half casters like Orantiros, that's a good way to introduce them. Have them tag along, have a backstory connection, or be someone who was sought out but may not be quite ready for their own test yet, say okay, well, you basically have a learner's permit rather than you're going for your driver's license test. Why don't you tag along with with the real mage and maybe you'll learn something. And as they're undergoing the test, be flexible with the answers. Not everyone is going to have the exact spells the module requires, such as Jen had none of them. Instead,
5: she used Earth Tremor. Was Earth it? Tremor and my Warhammer, yep.
0: And I'm like, that's dwarven magic, sure. Why not, right? Mm-hmm um and uh yeah so that's my that's my thing about the tower of high sorcery i think that's a great way to do it um and let the mages work together and if if you have multiple mages work together make sure that each of them contributes one meaningful thing like put obstacles that are specifically tailored to their skill set if it does not work out in the module you know maybe know their spells yeah know their spells ask what their spells are in advance look at their sheets right? Um, so, yeah, that's what I think about the Eye in the Sky. Uh, scales of War is for everyone else. So if you're not a caster and you are, if you're not a caster, Divine or or Arcane, you are going to get the Scales of War, which is the one where you are traveling down the road and there are Draconians uh, killing a bunch of knights. So, uh, I've read some things about how people come kind of plane that uh, this is kind of weird. They The Draconians kill the knights, but they don't They should not be able to, uh, for example, uh, tear the plate mail apart, but they don't want players to be able to salvage three sets of plate mail at character creation. Cool. That's fair. Why not? It's a narrative convention. Who cares? Maybe it's crappy 15th generation armor that needed to be serviced. Maybe it's made of tinfoil. It doesn't matter. Um,
3: You can tell what kind of players we are because we didn't even, like, analyze the bodies for plate mail.
2: Yeah. Oh um, they, we would have returned it. It's like yeah, theirs exactly. to be buried in, right? Yeah. Like yeah,
0: or handed down to their 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 children or their yep. family members, right?
5: Yeah. Just suddenly yeah, we the have a tender, all... <laughs> <Just like, laughs> hey, tender in plate mail. Just like you
4: the see br- their feet at the bottom. Yeah. Um the idea that all D d players um are just shameless thieves <laughs> never no, <that's, laughs> never no, sat that's, well with th- me.
0: No, that, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it.
4: <laughs> um but yeah, exactly. Like you were saying, like you if somebody dies, the first person to their house doesn't keep their house. Right. Oh,
0: God
2: damn it. Right?
0: Totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Do I have to say, say it out it. loud now? Say it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. It's, well, players aren't shameless thieves. that's just Watsy and Hasbro. <laughs> waka waka waka. Um we're um, done.
3: And we're done. Uh, and we're done. I'm everyone. here all week people.
4: yeah all
0: i was trying
4: to say is i i like that like mentality right like it goes to their family yeah like if a full plate Mm -hmm. of armor is as expensive as it should be Mm -hmm. um just because you're the first person into somebody's house when they're passed away doesn't mean you keep their house you don't keep their horse squatters law
2: (laughs) yeah i and well i mean that is how we got our horses that's true
1: We'll we're be looking fair, after them. To be fair, they be attacked fair. us. <laughs>
0: Spoils of war. Spoils of war. Okay, so uh, for scales of war, um, one of the things the module says is that the Draconians will attack. Uh, the Draconians are at lowered health because they were fighting with the with the knights. And as soon as the leader, the, the other type of Dragonborn, or not Dragonborn, uh, Draconian that is there, uh, recognizes that the players are here, he runs away. There's no real reason for him to run away, aside from to be like, you know, uh to be mysterious. Um and to maybe report that there were some troubles on the road. It doesn't really matter to the plot. The army's still coming. Like that that one guy's not gonna change anything. Um, so if your players don't let him get away, or if someone's like, I see him at the back, my well, he can't move that fast, and my range is 120 feet. Well, he's at 240. Well, I just take disadvantage, and I'm an elf, so we you know. Who cares? Just let him die. Don't stress over the details. This module is a little persnickety in places where it says, oh, you need to make sure this one exact thing happens, but there's no real reason for that thing to happen in that particular order. And a new DM will stress out about that because they think that they're doing it wrong if they go against the way the module presents it. Very, very cut and dry way. This is not one of them. If your players kill the thing, let him kill the thing. Just have his body dissolved. Period it's 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 fine um so um the other thing that i want to suggest here is that draconians uh, are weird in the new version uh they now uh the 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 basic draconians when you stab them to death they release a cloud of petrifying gas that petrifies you but just for a minute which is kind of weird um i would prefer like i changed it so that it encases you in stone not that it turns you to stone but it kind of seals you and that you come out kind of like gasping and winded and then it's like a panicked how long can they stay stoned like that before they die that's scarier to me than oh i just turned into a statue okay um i added the rules from the book back if you haven't read Dragonlance, when you kill a draconian uh it turns to stone and you lose your weapon So what I have done mechanically is it is a DC 13 strength save uh, when you do a finishing blow with a slashing or piercing weapon. Uh, If you fail the save, your weapon gets trapped. They turn to stone before the weapon can be pulled clear and your weapon is seized. When the... um, uh, If you manage to destroy the body, there is a 50% chance that your weapon is destroyed as well or broken in some way that requires repair. Generally the weapon is not salvageable magic weapons obviously are exempt from this uh but that is my little mechanical change that I strongly suggest DC 13 is enough that it's a risk at level one and two um but isn't enough to really like they're not going to lose every weapon also if they lose Um, every weapon
3: it depends on your strength honestly
0: this is true um my
3: kender's a plus zero to strength so mine's gonna be like a, a dice roll every time no matter what level
0: but if if like i said they lose that uh the the, the knights are right there and their bodies have weapons so you so can you added that in mm-hmm. yeah kelly yeah that wasn't in the core that's
4: weird that it's not right it's weird okay it's... so for anyone listening and that hasn't read the books um that's oh man, that first battle that happens in the first book. Um <laughs> the first battle with the the Kender, uh, the knight, uh, Kalar showed up kind of like yep. near the end of it too. Um that felt like, oh, we're we're all gonna, even if we win, we we lose. Cause like yep. they turn you to stone, uh, your weapons. Um uh, <laughs> what do you do when your sword is? <laughs> is stuck in them and frantically look pick up another one You don't know about strange elven magic yet you don't know about strange elven magic yet it but i it's weird that that's not already in there so thank you for flavoring that and making it it didn't feel nitpicky it didn't feel like now roll now roll now roll oh it's stuck Mm. it felt very wow this is this is these
0: aren't this isn't a normal fight this is This is dangerous. It's supposed to be a big deal. And what I also really would suggest, because the characters are going to be divided out, like one of them is going to be in the first one, one of them is going to be in the second prelude, and maybe two or three of them are going to be the third one, I reset the hit points to full. It's supposed to be that they're all at half health? Nah, screw that. It's more dramatic if it's a full. They had a sidekick with them, so that buffer was there. And... If they couldn't take the Draconians away, that is when you fold in characters who are traveling from other paths because it's a great way to to bring people together and nothing makes uh, friends like fighting weird enemies on the road and stumbling across each other by accident. It's a great intro thing that puts the party together and then they meet up at the funeral and go, huh, I guess we're friends. We already bled for each other. It's a great way to do it strongly suggest it uh and uh if the players are rolling really poorly maybe have it mid-combat and say well they were a little bruised up
2: you know play a little faster something fast else and that looser. you something else that you did with that that i really liked is um uh when um uh, daggers were uh stuck in there and like a bit busted or whatnot you allowed them to get it back like whether it was from like the knights or like um mm. whatnot you 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 did like at least at the beginning like replace them so it didn't feel like you were penalizing anyone um or putting them into uh, like that rough of a, a situation at first now and now that we know if we get into that kind of situation on our own that's that's our own fault uh, yeah but uh, i i did like that you like gave the opportunity to uh to get things back after that
0: Oh, thanks, I'm glad that worked. There's a chance um, for them to break, and a chance for uh, somebody to use mend. Exactly, right? And as you're going through My this, sword. um, I think that the way that we staged it, uh, in term of order of preludes, was the best way to do it for dramatic potential. You start with the gods, because the gods are the purpose of the module. It is the reintroduction of the gods, and what how they are interfering with the world. Okay, So it's starting with the gods showing up and being like, shit, we need to help. Then you go to magic, because magic is the anchored form of, of mysticism that exists in this world. Then you go to the one that's right outside of Vogler. So geographically, you are moving. Um, well, you start with the gods, so kind of I look at it as you're looking outside of the world. Then you zoom in to the Mage Tower, then you zoom into Vogler, okay? Okay. If that does not work for you, because I had a really hard time at the beginning of this, because um, uh, Riz, Orantiros, and Hazel were all going to be traveling together, and I'm like, I really need Razira to be with Godfrey for this fight to work. And I don't know what Rizira would do in the Mage Tower. There's just nothing that really feels right. Thankfully, Kendra's get Wanderlust. I just had you walk off, then you met up. It was great. Um, But if that doesn't work for you, might I posit another potential intro? Uh, and that would be the road to Vogler. Have them travel with merchants, either just hitching a ride, very good for Kender, very good for any non-fighter classes, monks, anything like that that would... I'm not saying the monks aren't fighter classes. I'm saying that a monk would hitch a ride on a a wagon um, that would want to get to Vogler for the funeral. Then they can either travel with merchants or they can meet up around a campfire, uh, because safety in numbers, right? And at the campfire, have them tell stories about some of the rumors of things coming from the east. That's all it has to be. You can have the entire party meet up at this campsite or this, this roadside fire on the edge of, uh, on the edge of Vogler about a day away. And then just play it up. But have, this is the important part, the person that's telling the stories of the things to the east appear to be unreliable the players will know that the players know that anything you provide like this is just foreshadowing and you're just setting the mood. But for the characters, have it be the old coot telling the story. This can be like, I heard there's armies in the East who are coming here and they've got dragon men. (laughs) Sure. Old, sure. Old, old, old Tom. Yeah. I'm I'm sure sure the Knights wouldn't allow that to happen (laughs) Yeah. The Knights wouldn't allow that to happen. Right. So that is my strong suggestion there. Um, now, as for preludes, folks, was there anything about your prelude that you thought particularly worked, or something that you would have liked to have changed, or that didn't work for you? Let's start. Let's go in the same order. Christine, was there anything in yours in the divine one?
1: Um, I wouldn't say anything didn't work. I really enjoyed it. It felt really mystical, very dreamlike. Um,
0: okay. Is there anything didn't know that the you would hell suggest? What was
1: happening? Which was really good. I knew it had was something to do with the prelude and where I'd get my powers, but I didn't know how it was gonna happen. So yeah, I don't know. I felt it was really um really a good kind of mystical introduction to being Oh, I went from normal to something else.
0: <laughs> there. And that that's a great way to look at it. Like you're they're they're chosen they're special
1: and i loved at the end getting my attention drawn by cudgel shouting looking out then turning to look back and it's all be gone
0: yeah um what about uh hazel and orantiros how about the 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 arcane eye thing
5: i loved it yeah
0: yeah was there anything that you would have changed about it i mean besides using (laughs) using your hammer instead
5: that's the part i loved about it that was i mean you improvising because I did not have any of the very useful spells that it thought I might have.
0: <laughs> nice.
4: Uh, I thought it, um, thought it was interesting how like open it was. It was like, oh, are you going to follow her through? Ooh, are you... And how mystical the host was.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And how kind of just like easygoing it was. Like you get through and it's like, oh, technically we could have got through there without any magic. Yeah but that's the idea, right? Like magic is an aid, not, not a crutch. Yeah. Not a necessity. Mm. Right. So I, I ended up liking it and coming out of that being like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. Maybe I should be a mage. Maybe you
0: should.
5: Yeah. And I liked that. Um, it was actually, um, it was so open that, you know, Oronteros could join Hazel. And I also liked the little bit of one-on-one time we got, right? Mm-hmm. Like just kind of developing that that relationship we have, um, which, you know, I, I wouldn't have gotten if it had just been me going to that. Um, there would have been less of that that fun part.
0: And if your players are role players, I strongly suggest just doing the preludes at the table. It's, it's more fun to see that and to get a sense of the world and to share that together. If your players are are not really role players, they're more like dice role players, um, you, you can do it solo. You can have the mysticism thing, but I I like to share it at the table if your players are down for it. Um, and so finally for the preludes, uh, for the, the Draconian fight, uh, Riz, Godfrey, and I guess everybody, because you ended up showing up to that, anything about that that you want to comment on?
3: Well, I have to say, I oh, one of the concerns I was having when you first were talking about the preludes was I was like, um, because you phrased it as uh, clerics and mages get their own thing, and then the rest of you normies have a thing. Um, so, it kind of in my head as as going into it as a as a non-major cleric, I was like, well, th- that makes it feel like oh, we're not special kind of thing. Which we're like we're not necessarily because we're we're like in in the world of of Kryn were not special, but um, as as like d anD D person, you always want to be special. You're playing, you're you're playing a fantasy hero. You're yeah. you're kind of in the aspect of your being special. The chosen
4: um, still need heroes to aid exactly. them in their quest.
3: So I think it did a really good job of. Um, it, it didn't feel like oh this is just like a side plot. It really did. It it was a very good prelude I, for foreshadowing. My- my touchstone coming... for that
0: was the very beginning of the first book with Tannis Flint and Tasselhoff.
3: Mm. Yeah, definitely had that. So
0: yeah. So I thought I... It
3: was, I thought it was very well good and also scary as hell to do that fight at level one. It was definitely like made you afraid of the draconians, like if you weren't already afraid. I the was first so time worried. For you Godfrey
4: <laughs> took the first damage. He was like, "How much?" Because <laughs> it was like it was like seven on the first attack, and he was like, "Oh, okay."
1: <laughs> I
2: was like, "That's a that's a lot it's of points there coming. for a oh, character." And once
1: um, like somebody turned to stone, I was kind of going, "I know." Oh, oh god shit. Like, that's like, like greater restoration i don't get that for like six more levels it's
2: just like
4: oh,
1: oh crap
2: Oh we're gonna
1: have to
4: hold
2: on to that statue for a long
4: time right, <laughs> right. No, <laughs> right.
2: i i, I, I really it. enjoyed I, I really enjoyed uh that opening scene that fight i i felt like it uh actually like as as like i i felt like each of them set a tone uh going forward uh for the game and uh i don't think it would have um um that one would have uh, set as much of a tone as um, it wouldn't have done if you hadn't added in that classic kind of draconian thing. And I know (laughs) I know not everyone enjoys uh, um, uh, all the hurt the mores and everything that I'm always like, give us more. About, but I I personally find like those sort of moments and stuff like that uh, to be a lot of fun. Uh, like having those challenges and trying to uh, overcome them, and I think it's more entertaining. And it, it's uh, when you see like other characters succeed in ways that might not necessarily be expected against something that's uh, a bit challenging. And it's uh, it uh, I, I enjoyed it, and uh, a lot of that was uh, what you changed and added in. I'm glad to hear it
0: yeah um all right so uh,
1: i must that... admit the the petrification thing i with it not being petrification but just a layer of stone i mm. really like that you allowed us to have a save to notice that it seemed to be a cover and that we could potentially break it and thus rescue the person or at least allow them to breathe and to figure out
5: because that yeah. really
1: kind of made it feel really desperate but then oh my god okay
0: Yeah. It's the tracheotomy, right? It's the, it's the, Oh no, the straw, you know? And it's, that's I, ever since I saw Anaconda, that's always stuck in my mind that like, that's, that's, that's drama. That's exciting. And that's what you're, you're trying to do, right? You're trying to rescue people. Sorry. Um, All right. So, folks, that is how I would suggest doing the preludes. um, And um, that is how uh, hopefully some of that advice worked for you. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to come back and talk about Chapter 3, which is quite long. We're going to try to get through it pretty quick. And then we'll do our Q&A. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, Now, let's move on to Chapter 3. So, folks, I'm going to try to blur through this and give my DM notes as quickly as possible, but if there's anything about Chapter 3 that you want to interject, players, please let me know and just just give me a symbol and we'll hop in. Okay. When Home Burns. Uh, So, for those of you joining us right now, we are talking about Chapter 3 of Dragonlance, Shadow of the Dragon Queen, uh, which means there will be some spoilers for Chapter 3 and not really beyond that. Uh, So... Uh, Vogler, let's be honest. Uh, Your players should know that trouble is coming. If they saw that the title of the chapter is When Home Burns, it should be obvious. If they've ever seen a movie, it should be obvious. Okay? Uh, Your goal is not to hide this fact from them, but to use it to foreshadow what is to come and to allow them to be deluded into pretending or thinking that it might not. Okay? Your goal should be to anchor them in Vogler and to make them feel like it's the nicest place in the world and the place that they would really like to be the most. I find personally, as a storyteller, the key to this is in small details. Um, it's in specific names of objects, it's specific items, specific people, specific ways of doing things. NPCs should have endearing tics and opinions, give them contrasting information, give them contrasting opinions and personality traits. It's a great way to do it. For example, um, there's not much said about the guy that runs the fishbowl. Um, uncle is just a dude. I decided to play him as a grumpy asshole who secretly is a really sweet guy, but is an asshole on the surface. He's a grumpy uncle. Right? So, and, and y'all who watched that episode went in going, wow, this guy's a dick. And then within five minutes, y'all liked him a lot because he secretly was like just grumpy dad. He's basically just Hopper from uh, Stranger Things okay
3: oh but, you yeah. just you like the the detail of you adding the 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 person that makes like skeleton fishbone hanging ornaments i'm like i want it i want it it's a great little detail that's actually I, in the module i want it is it oh that's it oh, nice yeah yeah
0: nice. they do a, they do a fantastic job of providing that but that doesn't mean that you can't provide a little more um so like give npcs endearing ticks and opinions and try to flesh out the the environment there uh, there's a lot to do with, um, like, with everything in, in Vogler in general. Um, for example, um, I would I would flesh out the environment a little more. The hinterlands and this part of, it has never really been explored in Dragonlance books to, that I know of at this point. So make it your own. It's called the Hinterlands, which means that it's kind of a northern area. I assume it kind of feels like northern Europe, maybe Scandinavia, Sweden, that kind of thing. So I drew on a lot of IKEA for this. I thought about the IKEA food court. I had Swedish meatballs. I had um what i mean what did i have i looked up alcoholic beverages and and types of food and drink that are common in scandinavia particularly sweden um because i pictured like beautiful fjords and valleys and all of that um so like aquavit glog, uh pilsners and meads would be the most common over ale uh film yolk which is like a yogurt drink that means there are cows nearby in the pastures outside even though this is a fishing town there are cows down the road okay cow from down the street. <laughs> uh, lingonberry. I, and all sorts of apple that's going to flavor your setting if people are like i'd like an ale and you're like well we have a pilsner the ale's kind of old because we don't get it that often it's more of a dwarfish thing and if your dwarf's like oh it's not a real dwarf drink and you're like well have you ever had aquavit what's that and aquavit for those who don't know is kind of like what scandinavian everclear like it's It's pretty potent, uh, and even a dwarf would probably have a little bit of their beard hair curl drinking that. It's a good way for you to introduce the culture of the local area and to make it a little endearing and memorable, and not just the, y'all meet in a tavern, y'all have an ale, y'all go fight a goblin, right? It allows you to break out of that. Um, I would also suggest to make everybody in town a a pretty good-natured person if you Dragonlance has a lot of a lot of prejudice built into it people are afraid of magic users they don't particularly like elves dwarves are okay but only if they kind of work for you um because they live forever but also a really good smith so you kind of tolerate them right this is a town where everybody's supposed to like you well with except two exceptions uh everybody likes you uh so play off those prejudices like ignore them if someone's going to be prejudiced have it be from a place of ignorance or just curiosity rather than than actively being a jerk chris
2: oh um i was just going to say it. something that i thought uh, was really well done um uh with it and that i think uh people should play up um uh, is uh like you were saying the two exceptions um the, those two uh noblemen are the ones that like immediately come mm. to mind and i loved the contrast between like almost everyone else in the town had some sort of like really endearing quality mm. and then you put those people in there and even just uh you know like ripping at uh ispin's funeral and whatnot it provided yeah. uh, so much more contrast which i think uh um for me made it like I want to defend these people, defend his honor, defend that. And like just kind of, I felt like that was a, just a really well done uh, thing and something you can use to like, um, f- as a foil for how, um, how nice and endearing everyone else was. And uh, if you're looking to run this, please use that, that please like you and utilize those tools.
0: You also bring up a great point in that it sets up an immediate contrast that your players will unconsciously lean into and not not only the contrast that chris just mentioned but what you look at it is barcaris this uh Barcarus, yes not not Barkus barcaris the elder and younger are outsiders they are people who are not from vogler you as players are likely mostly not from vogler which means that as you're in town and you're seeing these assholes act a certain way, you intrinsically want to act nicer. So as not to be the bad outsider, it takes pressure off of you. So it's a double, it's a double whammy that way. It's a good psychological trick to use them. Um, I've got a lot about them. Use them as needed. They are very strong elements. Uh, have them not do something that is particularly gross or, or, or awful. Um, unless you want player reprisal because remember um player reprisal in dnd goes to 11 pretty quick at most tables so um i've got a lot in the future of this 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 chat about how not to get them murdered immediately um but when you are going through this play up the good naturedness of people okay um also you can use things about the town like the bridge Uh, which was half complete uh, when the cataclysm occurred, to show how far society has fallen. The bridge has not been completed because the technology has been lost. It was made of stuff that we can't make anymore. So you can do that to kind of show a hint of what was in the past, what what this place used to be. Okay, Um, let's move on to the NPCs. The NPC cast of Vogler is really big. Uh, There are a lot of NPCs there, and that is going to be a lot to freak out your average brand new dm here's my suggestions for you uh make a list make a google sheet make an excel sheet whatever you use put them on index cards if you have to uh for strixhaven a curriculum of chaos uh krista our dm over there religiously uses post-it notes and uh and index cards that is um uh, that have everything from character stats to details to vocal mannerisms and ticks so that at any point, if a character shows up, if Becklin walks into a scene, I pick up the card and I go, even if it's just point form, Becklin knight, nice person talks British. Think you're Judy Dench when you're talking, right? Or Helen Mirren. I forget which one I said, but I think it was Helen Mirren. I think I was going to Helen Mirren with her, but I think it's Helen Mirren. I think it's always Helen Mirren because she was, in but Fast still Nice right so you got a short a shorthand right in front of you if you're playing in front of a screen it's great otherwise you can use it if you're using a windows machine to play over the internet there's tons of different things you could just use your notepad for god's sake and do it like that you could post it's on your desktop there's so many ways to do it um if your table does not like role playing this is another big one a lot of people are not as theatrical as we are so if your pull if your table does not like role playing have any character that is not Becklin, Cudgel, Darrett, or the Jerks, you know, Barkaris, show up at the festival instead of having them meet in the street or anything like that. Have you can introduce them through uh, dice rolls instead. For example, you're at a fishing contest. The guy who gets second place offers to buy you a drink. That is NPC X. That could be Uncle from the pub, that could be the the Brass Crabs uh, owner uh, whose name escapes me at the moment, like Yvonne or something like that. Um, you can do it in a way that immediately endears them because the players are getting something free out of it, like food or drink. And usually players will assume that someone buying you a drink is a little nicer than not. Um, and you can introduce them through a way that makes the players feel like they won something because they just won a dice roll against this this NPC. Um, take time to flesh out the village. Um, but yeah, take short lists. Make sure to have ways to cross-reference pretty quickly. I often have uh, cross-reference sheets for for larger cast games. I should have done it for Call of the Nether Deep, but I didn't, uh, where I have accents. I'm like, you know, just point form. He is Sean Connery. He is, um, he is Hugh Grant. He is Daniel Craig in Knives Out. Like, boom, 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 boom. It might not be the exact voice, but if I look at that, I'm like, oh, yes, uh, Baccarus should actually sound Southern because that's the type of table I'm running. You know? Um, so have fun with that. Keep your notes, make them easily accessible for you, and use whatever system works for you. But just do the extra bit of work. It will really help you. Okay. The funeral. The whole point of them going to Vogler is going to this funeral. First thing that I think you should do, and this is a minor thing, not every table should agree with this, but check in with your players. The funeral is going to have an interactive component to it, and not all players might want to interact at a funeral. There's a lot of stuff that you might know about people at your table, even if they're your close friends. Okay? Funerals may be a hot button issue, so be sure to let them know that they're going to be going to a funeral. It probably will be okay, but there's a chance there might be something going on in their lives. Um, I think that a lot of people don't talk about death and, and how it affects them. So maybe you just float it by. Funerals are also a lot more impactful than like murder and combat in D and D those happen all the time. Funerals, you never, you never have a funeral for the bandit. Jen,
5: um, just, this just struck a memory. Me, isn't the second edition of werewolf, the forsaken, um, suggests you start with a funeral to like make connections with people. Yeah.
0: Yep, it does. And it's 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 great. If you are if you ever play Werewolf the Forsaken, um, in the back of the book, the suggested prelude for your characters is you all meet at a funeral and you go on a hunt to kill the people that killed the friend at the end of the game. And it's it's a good way to do it. Okay, then you get the catharsis. In this, he just died. They don't even tell you how he died maybe being awesome, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. He died of just like, he just, his heart grew three sizes and then exploded from being awesome. (laughs) I would say, um, if you want to have an actual concrete thing, don't double check with all the players and be like, Hey, anybody have a problem? If it was like a heart attack or something, because maybe a player is dealing with high blood pressure and is worried about having a heart attack. A lot of gamers are in their thirties, forties, fifties. Maybe someone's dad just died. Just check in. It takes five minutes and, your friend, most
2: un-Ispin thing ever. He died peacefully in his sleep. Nothing was right, nothing was out of the norm. It's like, what? <laughs> I mean, that's, no, that's, no that's they can't. that can't, there's something story. wrong. That there. must be something
3: wrong. It's been, murdered. Just, let me see
4: the body. Let, isn't it
0: weird that there's no body? Yeah, <laughs> hmm. hey, there is no body. He's it's not, it been just, it been is actually cudgel. He just lost some some inches, uh, in more ways than one. Um, actually, another thing about it. Uh, all right, so, um, so what you also. During the funeral, there is a storytelling component where the characters get to tell a backstory component from their time with Ispen. Let them know this before the game. Let them roll it before the game so they know their seed and can start thinking about it. Now, you might be saying, well, this will ruin the surprise. So what? It doesn't matter. The other players don't have to know what they rolled. Don't have them roll the same thing. Or if they do, sure, maybe they have the exact same seed and vastly different stories. And it's weird and funny, right? But if you do this, let them know because the only thing you're going to spoil if you tell them in advance is spoiling them feeling like they got put on stage with no prep. Because a lot of people don't like having to just improv on the spot. I mean, I love Panic. it, but like... Well, exactly. I know that a couple of you, when I when I sent you that stuff, I sent it to you way early because you're like... I still like, panicked. <laughs> and you yep. still came up with something with something good. And it changed his entire backstory. Um, Also, don't define much of Ispen's personality before the funeral. Let the stories describe who he was as a person. You know he was an adventurer. You know he was lucky. You know he went on a bunch of exploits and told tall tales. But we don't necessarily know what he's like until the players tell you. Let them have that agency. They'll like Ispen a lot more. Okay?
3: Well, I think when you gave him his accent, that really also helped Concrete for us as well when we suddenly all decided like oh yes he is the Sean Connery okay I know exactly this guy's personality now we all like simultaneously yeah. agreed of what what kind of guy Iskin was versus 100%. like the proper British kind of accent. <laughs> well because
0: I was gonna go with Pierce Brosnan. I was gonna oh yes they'll print anything these days right and and y'all vetoed so it. you wrong. were like you're like <laughs> wrong bond wrong bond <laughs> and let your players choose if you're if you do voices let your players choose let your players choose who this person is because to you he is a device to them he is a touchstone it's more important that they have say in it it doesn't affect the story at all it's a magic trick they think that they have much more agency than they do and for you you're basically giving them the, the option of like what shoes to wear today it doesn't matter I we're still bamboozled. going to the zoo you do yeah, feel right
3: bamboozled right? actually like the the funeral and this was totally improv was the whole map thing for riz i'm like well i just gave riz like so much more depth and personality than i ever thought with that moment with this and now the, it's like well
0: one of the something. tricks as well um just a quick reminder when you're playing tabletop games always use yes and or yes but and try never to shut anybody down and just because you're saying yes doesn't mean that something is actually correct if if riz told the story i could be like yeah you're pretty sure that happened from a certain point of view right but don't shut the player down because it's really easy to say well maybe you misinterpreted something in the moment but that's irrelevant that that's just going to derail you you know let's run it and you didn't misinterpret anything robin i just picked you because you were the last one to speak um so in our game we used flashbacks as these stories happened, we went and had a flashback, and I used the idea of Ispen's ghost. He's not really his ghost. He doesn't have a ghost as far as I can tell in the module, but it's a psychological construct to inform both the audience and the players what he was like as a person. It's a it, This is an advanced storytelling technique. Wouldn't recommend it for all tables, but if you think you can use it, maybe try it. See how we did it, see if you can adapt that. It does allow the players to interact with a dead person after they're gone in a way that's not creepy and gives them something that they can feel something about. It gives them a false memory. And that's really powerful in role-playing games. Okay. Um, Okay. Next, the heckler. Uh, Bacara shows up and starts saying that Ispen was a piece of shit. Uh, It is really hard not to kill him uh, right then. uh, If your players want to, I have two suggestions. (laughs) Number one, uh, inform them that that's not what Ispen would have wanted. Uh, and remind them how many people are nearby. Also, out of character, remind them that Bakaris is a uh, a vain noble. And if you break his nose and bloody him up a bit, it is way more impactful with, for him in the long run than if you kill him. Because he's going to have to walk around looking beat up for a week, or hide in his house. Okay? Try to move your players humiliated towards... him. <laughs> yeah, you humiliated him, which is fine. That's even better because his pride is more valuable to him than his life. If you, it, it, this is one of the things that I always try to encourage players to do. Don't just kill people. Killing is easy. There's way more painful things you can do to these people, right? Press triangle for an all-out attack. You are absolutely right, Robin. No murder-hobo simulator. Okay, um, so the mysterious mourner lidara i gotta be really careful right now because she factors in later in the story but she is a rough one she's a blue-skinned elf with a mysterious background uh it's hard to run her without immediately putting a spotlight on her and being like hey go talk to the shadowy aragorn figure in the corner to your players because the players are going to immediately either glom onto her or avoid her at all cost it's just player it's just the way the players work she has to be just interesting enough that they go talk to her but not too interesting because she can't give away what her deal is because that comes out later in the module. That is the only spoiler you guys are getting from me. She shows up later. Okay?
3: Yeah, I Um, kind of figured it was a little bit almost feeling like the, it was definitely like you mentioned her a couple times, then like the third time you mentioned her, it's like, okay, yeah, we do need to go talk to the shadowy Aragorn figure in the corner here. There's only
0: room for one elf in this (laughs) tavern. Well, and there's the other thing about that. She's a blue-skinned elf. That's not really a thing in Dragonlance for the most part. Um, unless like maybe the sea elves, I can't remember off the top of my head, but like a blue skin, but, but
4: they don't I mean, really go on land. Who knows what can. elves look like anyway.
0: And that's what I'm saying. Be mysterious. If, if it's a non elven player or character, uh, who's going in there and being like, well, it's a blue elf. What's weird about that? Be like, you don't know. You've never come across that before. See, Weird. Was, was <laughs> so that Jen? I,
5: no, oh, I, I, was, I was just going to say, see, my brain goes. Oh, well, maybe she's just really into natural dyes and accidentally fell into a vat of indigo.
0: Or she's been right. supplementing with silver. Or that. Because that'll <laughs> actually turn you blue, by the way. Don't use uh, silver compounds in your diet. There's, there was a health craze for a while in the 1800s and 1900s. Oh, actually, no, recently, too. Actually, it's back because of holistic medicine. Um, don't yeah, do it. You'll turn bad. you'll turn blue and it doesn't go away.
3: Nope. For a long awesome time. Bones. Today
0: I learned Bob a smurf. Papa Smurf. Um, But so play mysterious. You've never seen anything like that before. Um, If you have a Kender, maybe just be like, maybe she's holding her breath. You know, let the Kender say something really inappropriate. That's fun. Uh, And if an elf player asks, just be like, I don't know, maybe she's from a nation outside your nation. Customs are wildly different. Maybe she just dyed herself in blueberry juice. You know, Uh, but hand wave that. So uh, the shield. After the funeral, the shield is awesome. That's all I got to say. If you really want some touchstones on how to present the shield, go watch uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and just just rip it off wholeheartedly. Everything with Steve Rogers and Captain America's shield, just, just rip it off. It's great. Um, how how to stop you, them from... Sorry. Uh,
2: for the shield, uh, hmm. how would you deal with uh, a situation um, if there were a couple of players who uh, really wanted the shield? Like, how, how would you uh, resolve that?
0: hmm i mean i think the players have to resolve that right um i think i think i ideally it should go to a solomnic character first or anybody else or it should go to a knight first or someone who will actually use it primarily um but i think that's something the players would have to handle for themselves but if anybody has any suggestions i'd love to hear it because that's a rough one the magic item. I love the magic item. The horse. comments
3: in the chat from Falconer: <laughs> duel to the
5: death.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's 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 um, not productive, but I, I'm down. Yeah, what is probably, been want
5: Like, if if they were starting to to really fight over it, you know, you can pull the the pub scene again, the tavern scene of you know, it's not what Ispen would want. <laughs> like, talk oh. this out.
4: Although maybe Take a duel. Shield, rip yeah. it in half and give equal halves to yeah. both there see we which go. one is the true mother and then you, and that's round,
5: right. you round down um so that that 0. 0.5 of a of a plus <laughs> so everyone gets plus, plus one to their ac five. no see it's if it was plus one then it's now plus 0. 0.5 because you tear it in half and then now it's zero because you round down oh, that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. <laughs> math that's good good job math
0: so, okay, so that's, the shield's awesome. Like, have them do that. You could have them duel for it. You could have them have an arm wrestling contest. Anything that you think would be, like, it could be a, you could have them do a, whoever has the best poetry of the people who want it. Right? Because it's Ispen, it can be anything. You know, the first person to seduce a fair maiden or lad at the pub gets the shield. Yeah, who knows, right? Have fun with it. Um, How to stop them from killing Bakaris. I don't know, man. Remind them that killing is wrong and that people go to jail for that in these games.
2: I, I th- it's it's real hard. I I think with this game it's a uh, um so far it's uh seemed to have a uh, somewhat heroic uh classic heroic bent to it. And I know I, I know some other games you know that you can kind of get away uh, a little bit more with uh um everyone being either morally gray or a little bit uh like uh, there but i i think in this game like it's uh you should definitely like come into the game if you've got uh people who want to play more um edgy kind of characters i guess for lack of a better word um sorry i'm not very fluent there but uh um, mm. i mean you can always have neutral characters and like nuanced characters but i it ultimately like this does seem like a very heroic campaign
3: yeah it and feels. that's it feels important to school. keep in mind
2: when designing your characters it's, it's,
3: it's very old school with knight's like being a very um common thing oh my god i can't think of the word right now um but yes it's a it's a very prolific nope i don't know How what i'm fact trying fact? to say prolific, prolific? Yeah. yeah um that yeah there is that sense of like duty in what is right so yeah having
0: um high fantasy not murder hobo yep that's right
3: yeah yeah Um, exactly
0: silverglass 83 in the chat actually just brought up a good idea uh so one of the dms in the i actually know there was a a discord group for this link me and i'll join that and then spam it with all my stuff um broke the shield apart and made it an amulet for each of the players you could totally have it reforged into that um it it grants a total of a plus three armor bonus uh when equipped so three players could get a plus one to their armor from it that sounds fair to me or you yeah. can use it once a day
2: for a re-roll, or that's something. That's a fantastic idea.
3: That's a like, really good idea.
2: And just for sentimental value too, like mm-hmm. that's yeah. Awesome.
3: Each of them take a little piece of his spin. Yeah, I think that's, that's a great that's idea. Great.
2: This is why we crowdsource yeah. this stuff. It's great.
0: Okay, yeah. so some quick point form here: major NPCs and how to make them likable. Feel free to jump in if you have any other opinions on how we did it. Uh, Becklin, make her polite, friendly, and reactive rather than active. Have her ask questions and have her listen to the answer before she responds. Have her be a good host and have her be inquisitive. Her whole thing is that she's, an, she's a retired knight who's basically an archaeologist and kind of like a caretaker, right? Um, use Thornwall Keep to show off her personality. It's neat, tidy, and inquisitive because of all of the trenches that she's dug around looking for old artifacts. Nice, easy way to describe her. She's a source of stability, but she's still got a little bit of, like, that kind of cute, inquisitive nature about her, okay? Cudgel. Cudgel is the opposite. Make her brash. Make her abrasive, but amusingly and smirkingly salty. She asks questions, but then she talks over the answer. This is who she is as a person, but she's also friendly, and if she talks over you too much, she'll buy you around because she realizes that she might be talking too much. It's not going to stop her, but she'll be friendly. Okay. Oof, I feel personally personally attacked. attacked there. Yeah, give her ADHD like us, and then we're done. Okay. <laughs> um, Darrett. Darrett is one of the harder ones here because the module wants you to have Darrett accompany you for later chapters, but the module literally says do whatever you need to make your players like Darrett. That will depend on your table. My suggestions is to make him competent but naive. He should be the guy that the D. or me. That the PCs. No has their back and supports them in their efforts. He doesn't take the spotlight, but he helps them achieve their spotlights. Use him to offer advice and ideas, but maybe make him half wrong, where he's like. The Keanu Reeves
2: helped too.
0: Keanu Reeves helped where he's just kind of just like, whoa, young young Keanu. Young Keanu, where he's 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 well intentioned, but he's only seeing like a portion of the picture. The beautiful thing about doing that is that if you use him to suggest half of the solution the characters will be like that's an okay idea but here's a better one and then they take your idea and they make it better which is actually what you're trying to get them to do in the first place but now they feel like they accomplished the goal because they completed your sandwich or sentence or whatever Okay, so a lot of a lot of being a dungeon master is magic tricks and lying to your friends. This is a nice, easy one where you can prompt them. You can basically prime them with an idea through Dara where the players will feel like he's not dumb. He's just young and inexperienced, but they're a step ahead of him because they're real adventurers. Makes them feel cool. Makes them like him because, hey, uh, when people like you, you like them. That's psychologically proven usually. I mean, you know, sometimes not. But, you know, if people make you feel cool, you'll like them more. Also, be aware that Derek has a lot of hit points. In the first battle, uh, he has four times as many hit points as the player's, three times as many? Quite a bit. He's got 52 hit points. That is a lot. boy. Yeah, because he just uses the stats for a knight. So um, remember, he is the ideal character to go... I've got this! Go and take care of the important thing! If you need somebody to hold off some some dudes from a random encounter while the players go and fight the ogre, that's where he, that's what he's there for. He is there to be the shield. Ironically, the players have the shield, he is the shield. Um, I also had a question about other Kingfisher Festival ways. Ways to flesh it out. Um... Dare doesn't meat You're absolutely right. Um, the Kingfisher Festival. A lot of people were asking, hey, how do we make the Kingfisher Festival better? Because all they have is the fishing contest. Here are some options you could throw in. A pie-eating contest, a drinking contest, a blind taste-testing of pies or ales, uh, archery contest, wrestling contest, boxing, kissing booths, dunk booths, uh, which if you're not aware of those or you're outside of the U.S. where they're very prevalent, basically it's a it's a platform you sit on and people throw balls at a, a target and if it goes down, it, whoosh, it dumps them in the water. The gnome could have invented it. It's not hard. Um, kissing booths, feats of strength, a limbo contest, tightrope walking or jugglers, um, a singing or dancing contest, a... Rap battle, also known in the Nordic countries as a flitting, where you rap battle insult each other in in rhyme. If you have particularly performative players or theater kids, this is a great way to incorporate them. Okay, um, carnival games, darts. Uh, you can throw darts at pig uh, pig bat- balloons made out of pig bladders. Um, you can do ring toss. Uh, you can do something like that. Animal wrangling. Maybe you have to wrestle pigs. Maybe you have to catch chickens. Okay, you can do a foot race. The basic thing that I would suggest for this, set a DC for this around 14 to 16, depending on what event it is. If it's a particularly challenging thing, make it 16. If it's a pretty easy, 13, 14. And then, you know, have it be that there's like one to three rounds of it. If the player succeeds on all three rounds, they win one to 10 steel coins or something of equivalent value. Do your best to make it fun. Feel free to give your players trinkets and junk from it. Everybody loves in Strixhaven, a curriculum of chaos that you get plush stuffed animals as prizes. They have, well, they do have a magical effect in that game, but that's not why we like them. We like them because we want a stuffed animal because we're really simple people and we're collecting goblins. We're goblins, right? We collect stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, Use the trinket table if needed. Okay. But your point is just to make it feel fun. And like, like you're at the carnival. If you've never been to a carnival. Go on YouTube and look up what a carnival's like, or watch any movie made in the '80s. There's usually a carnival in like every third one of those, okay? There's or a festival. So many, or a fair. <laughs> so many things. Like, or watch Stranger Things season two, three. The one with the mall.
5: Yeah. Um, any any sort of like coming of age movie from the '80s has some sort of carnival or festival in it.
0: It's true, right? Look up a Ren fair, like steal stuff from a Renaissance fair. Just just be like, but they're not in costume. That's just their actual clothes. You know. Yeah. Which, actually, Jen, you wear that costume so much it basically is your actual clothes, so that's fun. Um, Kendra at the festival. Here's one you should watch for. Feel free to have Kendra's cause some drama at the festival if it suits your table. Maybe they borrow things from one person's pocket and put them back in someone else's pocket. You know? An item from NBCA ends up in PCB's pocket. Okay? Just remember that if they get caught, There are Kendra living in this town. They're probably not treated with too much hostility. It's kind of one of those things where you're like, oh, the raccoons are in the bird feeder again. Okay, hold on. I don't want to hurt the raccoon because I like the raccoons because they're cute.
5: Spray bottle, just...
0: Spray (laughs) bottle. Yeah, you spray bottle the Kendra and move on, right? Um, Okay, so that's what I have to say about the festival. Let's move on to the battle at High Hill. Okay, so as we're going into High Hill, encourage an atmosphere of camaraderie of sportsmanship make sure that they know that they're getting watered down wine to go in enough that they can get a little buzzed on it that there's going to be food at the end of this and they should work it up maybe even encourage and say that there's a trophy if someone manages to do the best job of playing their role you know the person who serve the the team that survives gets an extra portion of dessert or something like that make it sound fun and kind of the players probably know something weird's going to happen, but try to obfuscate it a bit. Try to hide it under your, under your shirt a bit. Um, remind yourself of the rules for riding mounts because the first enemies they'll encounter in here are on horseback. Uh, horseback is pretty, pretty basic in the book, but it means that um, oh, the horses don't get any attacks unless they're on their own. Reread them real quick. Just make sure you're on top of horseback because otherwise it'll blindside you because you won't realize till you're midway through that, oh crap, there are horses. I hadn't thought about mounted combat. Um, allow terrain advantages uh, and and encounters. Remember that there's a big wall running through it, there's trees, there's hills. If players want to do things like climb a tree and jump down on someone, give them advantage. If they succeed in acrobatics check, sure, why not? It doesn't matter. We're here for, in my opinion, spectacle over hardcore rules. If someone wants to hide behind the, the wall, let them do it. If someone wants to throw rocks to use the help action, let them do it mechanically makes sense to me and if your table's fine with it do it it also makes it more cinematic and making something feel cooler is kind of the point of dnd a lot of the time in my opinion um, reminder if someone uses magic regular arcane magic or divine magic it is a big damn deal okay people should flinch away from arcane magic and they should stare in awe at divine healing Okay, if someone heals in battle like Kalara did, that is going to cause rumors and talk behind her back for the remainder of the campaign. Possibly good stuff, but you know, a lot of Did you see that? Oh my god. Right. Um also quick reminder: if someone's throwing magic, there is a good chance that the mercenaries might run. There are probably a couple of mages in the mercenary, in the mercenary group in the um Uh, in the, the iron, uh, the iron, I forget their name, but there has been, I've been talking a lot, but, uh, so the, uh, the mercenaries might have a mage among them, but they probably haven't had it pointed at them. Uh, I would give them a, a DC 15 wisdom or or charisma saving throw to not run away after that. If it's pointed at them because they're being bribed to kill people, they're not being bribed to die. They can't spend their money if they're dead. They're mercenaries. Okay? Reminder, people run away from death. Very few things will fight to the death. Um, all right, so uh, that's what I have to say there. After the fight, uh, Cudgel in the aftermath is a rough one. She should be distraught, uh, but lean... I would suggest leaning into anger, but also other emotions like sadness, fear, shock. That'll make it more impactful if this like very boisterous dwarf is suddenly like, really just kind of like shocked to her core. Um, The book also, I said there are a couple of places in the book where they're very emphatic about you doing a very specific course of action that doesn't matter, okay? And this is one of them. The book is very specific about how Cudgel is going back to the camp by herself afterwards to check on the rest of her mercenaries. I looked through this and I could only find two reasons why this was the case one perhaps it was to raise tension and to make your players worry whether or not she is a spy or is about to be murdered cool that's a good reason it raises tension it makes people worried my second thought is the writers didn't want to write an extra section about going to the camp i think it's a mix to be honest because i wouldn't have wanted to write that it's extraneous and it would have added another 500 words to the book that's about a two-hour writing gig, maybe three hours to polish it. Yeah, that could be spent much better doing something else. So don't stress too much. If they go back to the camp, then it, it says kind of what happens to her there. Just wing it. Um, They go back. It's like, hey, what's going on here? Oh, yeah, some of them left, and it was really weird, but the rest of us stayed here, and uh, uh, we're all
2: loyal. There you go. I would uh, definitely prepare for your party wanting to do that um like yeah. have a backup plan for that because i think that so there were a couple of times or at least some of us who were probably going to try and sneak over there or like head over there anyway so um if, yeah you wanted to and this, if i seemed and have some prep
0: if i seem discombobulated in that moment is because christine was getting sick and i could i was like worried about her and i'm like guys can we just do can we just can I, i'm just
1: i was this. very loudly throwing up in the bathroom I was very unhappy and could barely breathe because I was throwing yeah. up so much. And
0: the mic wasn't picking it up, but the walls aren't that thick here, so I was.
1: It was loud enough that my brother in the downstairs of the house could hear me and came up to check because he thought I said se- it sounded like I was dying. Yeah, she didn't die though. So, what, did you die? I didn't. Dang. I was just miserable. Did All right. You
5: die? But yeah, it's it's kind of why I started leaning on the dwarven honor thing because I'm like, guys, we just gotta <laughs> we gotta do the thing.
1: Even I veterans. Admit, I was sometimes... listening to you guys on my phone on Twitch all through feeling miserably sick. It was a great distraction. And I was admittedly kind of going, for fuck's sake, guys, Kelly clearly doesn't want you to go there. Shut the fuck up and keep moving.
4: Even even better, everybody does the thing where they're like, "Okay, we've gotten 17 hints from the DM that we shouldn't do this. It's going to need another eight, the 18th or 19th one. Okay, we understand.
2: Well,
5: are, are you're you on sure? your own, are you sure, <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I think,
2: yeah, I think one of the things with a uh, something that's a little bit more performative after you like make these ideas and just kind of like like, oh, okay, we should do this, and it's just like, oh, okay, maybe this is not a good idea for this. How am I going like trying to rationalize how I'm not going to do it now and i I stumble with that myself uh, quite a bit sometimes when uh, It's just like, oh, this might not be a good idea. Shit.
0: (laughs) All right. So uh, that's what I have to suggest for that. Let's pop into preparing for the invasion, the invasion, and then we'll take some Q&A. So the invasion. Um, My suggestions, don't let the PCs get too close to the Red Dragon Army because they'll die. The book encourages this and basically says that when you get close to the Red Dragon Army, some scouts will find you. They'll fight you. If you kill them and you get any closer, another wave will come. And it's basically an infinite loop of respawning enemies because there are like a thousand guys there. Okay, and the module doesn't want you to die in the third game session. They want you to die in the twelfth game session. <laughs> um, so uh, when they get back to the town and they're like, "Hey, we need to leave." Remind people that PCs—they uh, remind the PCs that uh, people can't just leave their homes, and they won't leave their homes without evidence. There are also a lot of sick and injured people. Make it a conflict there. Okay. Also remind them that people are stupid and won't believe obvious evidence until it's literally pointing a sword at their face. Uh, I would also remind you that, uh, I'd like to suggest at least, that suggesting things to your players is not a bad thing. A lot of games and a lot of game masters take exception with you providing suggestions to your players because the player should come up with all of the genius strategies themselves. The player does not have the same knowledge the character does, period. And if you have someone who's living in Vogler, it's pretty basic that you would be like, there are about 200 people worth of boats here. The book says you need to spend at least an hour going and counting boats and looking around for for ways to get out of here. That's a really boring way to do it, uh, particularly on a live stream, but at a table that is something that you can do, but it also would just be something that you probably hand wave. You go around and look around for an hour and count this. So why not just have them figure it out? They've been in town for a day or so, and some of them are from here. At least in our case, that was that was true. Um, So and and feel free to scaffold ideas to them, like uh, build them up to things. Be like, well, you need to get four hundred people out of here, and there are potentially some other options. You remember that there were boats. uh, There's that ferry system, maybe you know. And then you let the player do some rolls to figure that out. Provide some basic info especially if the player would have that knowledge that is not a failing that is just helping the game exist and providing the character with the information that they would have also uh another thing that i've heard is um also ignore the time limit there's a lot of stuff in these modules um like in call of the nether deep especially where it's like you must spend at least 10 minutes looking around to find the secret door like do you really do you really? Like what are you blowing sand into the cracks or something? How like,
2: does that uh how does that uh uh further the the game? Like, it,
0: like
2: what, what it is is like there's a the scene your...
4: from fifth element where they spend a grueling amount of time figuring out that they need to use the element on the stones. It's like that. Pat out the the movie. You gotta
0: pad out the runtime, you know, because like yeah. you're you're getting as a DM, you're getting paid by the minute, right?
5: Oh yeah, exactly. Hundred percent.
0: 100 percent. oh yeah i don't even get paid by the minute and i run this professionally This is ridiculous um i mean
5: the the per minute uh per amount is not a lot but
0: like the, the the longer i run the less i get paid so i uh, just speed it up um but uh no, seriously um the other thing is that i've heard a lot of people say well vogler's a really stupid place to have a town it's totally not realistic that it would be built there okay here's the deal uh Towns are built for water supply before military strategy. Period. Because you can survive a lot longer with a, with a conquering like band of brigands nearby than you can without water. The town's there because it's in a really good place and has a good harbor. The fact that it has hills that slope down is basically indefensible against a large army. Probably didn't cross their minds. They probably didn't think that anything more than a band of about 100 people, probably 50, probably 20, would ever try to raid the town when it was being built. And the other thing to consider, if this is something that really, really rankles you, when you think, well, why would the town be there uh, at the bottom of like a hill toward the water? For one, land goes into water generally, or land comes up from water, I guess I should rather say. But water is the downside. It's the lower part. Um, but also maybe the topography changed during the cataclysm because Thornwall was there before the cataclysm. Maybe it was far more defensible before, you know, a mountain got dropped on Kryn.
5: Just saying. Earthquakes happen, like Hazel Rocks happens fall. and does earth tremor and causes yeah, a bunch Hazel, of collapse. Like, happened, right? I've, I've messed with the topography, topography of that city, Just I'm sure. Just the
0: entire game. So yep. think about that when you're doing it. Don't get hung up on minutia okay is it more important that the game runs and is fun or that you have a perfect military strategy i don't know i don't know it's your game man um in the well, some invasion people do like that some people do like that. that's what i said it's yeah. your game i'm not going to shame you for liking that but at my table play
5: risk play risk
0: but... oh dude Dragonlance risk would be great
5: <laughs> right
0: someone make that make I'd that play that
5: maybe, I'd maybe play that's that. the board game that we're not playing we'll, we'll, we'll just i was make, just we'll, gonna say that's probably the, the board bit. game
0: it's what uh, opened up. It's literally just risk. I'm going to stay in solace and build up and build up and build up like Australia. Um, yeah, okay. Right. So, that's the, the invasion itself, okay. Uh, for one, when it's coming in, I personally think it's more interesting to humanize the rider, uh, like the one, the messenger who comes in is like, surrender to the army. Uh, because then it's if you're like, oh, yes, it's a slathering horde of monsters headed your way. That's scary i guess you know what's more scary uh the empire from star wars when you have this 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 machine of like thinking feeling people jen
5: Reg- regular people um with l- fewer morals than you yeah or just different ones
0: and if you have some players who might be black-robed mages or evil characters that could be they could sell out the town and then get caught in the middle of it and betrayed and they still have to go along with the main plot Right. Easy way to do that. Okay. Um, I kind of made her a little like, uh, I kind of borrowed some of like, uh, like Katara's vibe where she's kind of like a, like a real mercenary, real like kind of sassy type of girl. Um, but do whatever you want. Uh, also have her ride away so that she's not there during the gnome flinger thing, because that just really complicates things. Also use the gnome flinger. It's, it, it's, it's dumb. There, there was amazing. no way we
2: couldn't not. There's like, no way you can't. Right? very
5: True. I'm yep. so glad we did. I mean, I know Hazel had her, her uh, doubts, but that was just role playing. <laughs> I wanted it so much.
0: Right? Um so, uh the problem with uh the problem with war is uh in general that um When you're in the middle of it it's really hard to focus on details as a dm you're trying to run a bunch of really complex things a bunch of different combat encounters and so on so when you're running the invasion what i strongly suggest is that you make a note and i wish i had done this this is something that i look back on that scene and i was trying to do a bunch of stuff i was trying to get us done because robin apparently had COVID, and was looking really rough and i was trying to make sure that we all had fun but the game didn't go super late and still did because it was a hell of a game an initiative count five maybe ten and have a short list of things that you've created on your sheet where there is a random snapshot that you can put in there of a baby crying or someone running and falling underneath a trampling horse maybe the players can try to interject or maybe it's too far away and they're just seeing people in the middle of war don't go too in detail The vaguer you are, the more memorable it might be, okay? There is a temptation to get super graphic and you're like, oh, you see their guts explode. And no, no, don't do that. Have someone scream as a building falls on them and then they just are gone. Have it be a named NPC that you, one of the people that was at the festival, have it be someone that bought you a beer. They're running and then suddenly they're just gone. You never see them again. The body never shows up in the game again. That will haunt The players and it won't be super graphic it's a little more meaningful if you do it that way that's what i would suggest i wish i would have done that um uh other things i would suggest tweak the random encounters uh they have too many draconians in the random encounters for the invasion in my opinion i know there are a lot of draconians there are a lot more human-shaped things they're cheaper the army wouldn't waste those just, just throw humans into the fray. There are already draconians flying over, dropping alchemist fire on everything. That's plenty. Have them be air support, but don't overdo it. Draconians should be cool. They should be interesting and they shouldn't happen constantly because they lose their specialness. And that's what
2: I thought. at least. Like, and I I know like it's uh, a DM trick that uh, a lot of people do anyway, but, uh, um, pick and throw in your own like uh it's just like hey this would be really interesting to have this one happen right now or complicate things to have this one happen right now
0: uh the cat when i picked the cat one because that's a random one that a, an abandoned cat jumps on you and refuses
2: to leave it's not it abandoned was, anymore
0: it's not abandoned now riz owns it i and i had considered actually having uh, as you were going away you end up on the boat where the cat's family was and reuniting but i don't think that i don't think the person survived i think that's your cat now um So, um, so tweak the random encounters. Okay. Uh, also at the very end of it, uh, few master Gukag or whatever her name is. She sucks. Just let her kill, let them kill her. She's not really an interesting antagonist. The boiler Drake is the interesting thing. The fact they have a flame spewing siege weapon. Also, if you are in a pinch I would suggest you do what we did, which is if you see someone load the boiler Drake a couple times. You go, aha, I think I can figure it out. Unless I have a negative intelligence modifier. Let them seize it and use it. It's a great way to take out most of few master. And it makes them feel cool. They can't take it on the boat. It's too big. Let them have a giant fireball. They kind of need it. And it's a hell of a fight before then.
3: It was fun rolling all those D10. I remember you asked (laughs) and I was feeling really crappy. I was really not doing well. And you're like... Do you want me to roll it or do you want to you roll it, Robin? I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm not rolling this. I want to roll all the clicky tech, clicky clickies.
4: Even though you were so sick, you're like, no. Even though no, I was like, no,
3: no. This is, my is what
0: I'm here
4: for. This is what I'm here math for. Rocks.
3: Let me roll the math rocks, please.
0: All right. And then uh, my last two things for the invasion are my uh, last couple things. So um, my goal, or pardon me, um, I believe there are two styles of DMing in this type of situation. One is to run it as is rules on the table and may the chips fall where they may. You don't control it. The dice control it. Totally valid. If that's the way you want to run it, you're right. It's your table. I I think that's a valid way to run it. Okay. The alternative is to play around with the tension and to be in control of the narrative and tension, such that when the players are succeeding, they should feel like they might not be in a moment. And when they're failing, they should see a glimmer of hope enough that they don't give up. Okay, you are it, back in uh, in the game Left for Dead. The, the director engine would do that with you when you were playing that game. It would give you supplies when you needed them. It would restrict them when you didn't. Okay, that is kind of, it's, it's the best engine for, for that type of shooter that I've ever seen. And I loved it. I think that if the players are totally screwed and they need backup, give it to them. Have lucky things happen. Have people emerge from the crowd. Have Derek show up and throw a rock, you know, have something happen. And a good way to do this is if a player have some tokens set out, we use a system where people can buy things using channel points that they accrue by watching the the stream on Twitch. But at your table, maybe have some coins set aside, maybe have a set of dice that is really obvious that it's something else. And every time that something good happens to the players, uh, like they get a nat 20, put a token aside. Maybe it's a disadvantage on a future roll because of a situational thing. A shingle falls off and distracts them. Maybe the light glints off their eyes or something like that. Cool. You expend that, something bad happens, okay? But every time a player character goes down, like to zero hit points, add one to the something good will happen. If a player botches, same. If an enemy crits, same. And what you can do is you can play around with the tension of the narrative using a mechanical tool that allows you to feel like you're still being fair, but you're not feeling like you're being too harsh either. It's a way to basically have more fun and to feel like there's a system in place keeping you in check from making it too easy. It's a super basic mechanic, but it could be it could be useful. Um and then the, the random last... little
4: encounters throughout the the battle before we we move on there. Uh, yeah. were a, <clears throat> we're a nice touch and um the fishermen coming out to like help or distract they weren't guards or like salamnic knights or whatever they're just like dudes holding fishing poles mm-hmm. right and that kind of connects the players to the town a lot more because they know you fought for them and now they're coming to to fight for you it's so Spider Man from that...
0: spider-man scene right yeah you mess
4: with him yeah. you mess with us and then, as the chat just pointed out, um, when one of them got turned to stone and then the other Draconians shattered him, it's like, oh, all of you are going to die. So, yeah. so hard for that. How dare you kill? Jim? I think that was Jim. How dare that was, you? That was,
0: that was, that was, yeah. I,
4: uh,
2: oh, yeah. I also really liked the touch of um, uh, the blind one. Like, that didn't really affect the combat too much but it was something that could have happened in like easily. And it could have been anyone like walking in, like it's you're in the middle of uh, a a siege on a town and you're trying to evacuate it. And I, things like that, that aren't necessarily anything that directly impact um, uh, the, the actual fight that's going on. um, But do have that kind of direct indirect impact. And like uh, that kind of also helps set the scene of like uh, what's, what's going on and uh, oh. I, I i like i don't know if that uh uh was uh one that uh, was just kind of thrown in there it or is actually I, I used
0: the... i use the random battlefield events here because i actually think the it is super um super useful um like mm-hmm. the the fray system and the battlefield events the fray is okay basically the the fray is if you touch the border you take damage and, and some stuff happens but the battlefield events are basically lair events. Like they're, they're lair abilities that automatically go off at a random interval, Chris. Or they randomly nice. go off at an automatic interval, um, at an initiative yeah, zero. Uh, are they kind of randomized? Like were they? Yeah, there's there uh, so a. So there's uh, two fishers come to assist the characters. They appear in occupied spaces adjacent to the nearest random character. A blind Bozak Draconian with one hit point staggers into the fray. If killed, death throws go off so that's that's a big one that changes a lot of things if you take it out uh a draconian gliding overhead throws a fiery flask at one random character that was about to happen but you guys managed to succeed uh villagers on the docks shout their support a random player character has advantage on their next attack roll
2: those I those love are that. those are all awesome like I I, I, I I love i love that like that just kind of those little <clears throat> t- extra touches.
4: It, it's, it fits the chaos of what is actually happening. Like when the Draconian came out kind of just wandering around his eyes slashed,
0: I was like, wow, this is Saving Private Ryan stuff. <laughs> right. here." But, but that yeah. fe- felt so cool. Um, yeah. And then my final thing at the end of this, this module does something really interesting. And without spoiling, it leaves Becklin's fate up to me. And it gives some options on here that completely change some of the other NPCs. Like what they did that potentially led to her death through misaction or who knows, right? Or it could be that she's still alive. So I'm just wondering right now if I should set it up that Becklin's fate in our campaign should be tied to our Patreon subs. (laughs) Kind of like the Jason Todd phone call from the 90s where it's like if you want robin to survive yeah well not this robin um but if you want uh jason todd robin don't, you gotta call this 900 oh yeah, god, yeah i can say it now uh, so folks if you want becklin to live get us to 135 patrons by two weeks from now and becklin will live 135 should we say should be 5 or 10 more? What What are you at right now? We're at one th- 130, about to be 129. You think five, 5, 6 more? Or should we go 10 more? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If we get the other thing 50 is, I don't more don't want... <gasps> before the end of the She comes back as
4: a super saying. She what? comes back with Ispen. Oh!
5: oh!
2: Now, it being a ruse, that sounds like Ispen.
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe.
4: I
5: mean, yeah, we did want specific things The debt
4: collectors were after me.
5: <laughs> I owed a lot, I finished, yeah. a lot of money to this mob. My name,
0: my name, my name is, is, it is, is Nipsey. <laughs> Nipsey. My
4: name is Nipsey, uh,
0: uh, Green Cloak. It's
4: yeah, right. been
5: actually saved, Becklin, like... <laughs>
0: because he's a highlander he came back from the dead uh let's 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 hop into the questions from the chats now so uh also i'll be serious about that like i haven't decided her fate but if we get to uh we'll say 100 and 135 140 depending on how long it takes her to come back um I'll, i'll change her fate to 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 save her if you want i don't know uh so Hopping into this, let us say, uh, Ross Arnold on the, uh, Dragonlance Facebook group, uh, thanks very much for the questions about the festival, I hope I answered that earlier. Grant Gould from YouTube was curious to hear what part of the preludes I like, and which parts I don't like, and what I would change. Hope that helped. Um, and good luck with your campaign, you're starting some of the early Vogler stuff, and, uh, it feels like unneeded fluff, um it's really helpful in helping you anchor in the setting. So uh, I hope you can streamline it to what makes your players feel like they're connected. But you can probably cut some of it out. Uh, William from YouTube said, uh, feel free to ignore this. Okay. No, kidding. Uh, did you run into any issues with <laughs> Levna fulfilling a similar role to Becklin? No, I just made her sarcastic and lazy.
2: Yeah, I love Levna. I love what Levena you made? so
0: much. is great because you just kind of like you play her however you want, but Becklin is earnest and kind and aged. Levna is every Michelle Rodriguez character that she's ever played.
5: Yes. Right. It, we were so distraught when we thought she had fewer hit points than she actually did.
0: <laughs> yes. Level up your sidekicks. So you can use them. Would you recommend having PCs come from Vogler? Yeah, totally. They can all come from Vogler if they want. Uh, any tips on balancing the war fight? Like I just said, uh, the token system is a great way to do it. Alternatively, have a couple NPCs show up to help. Alternatively, have Darrett help. Dude's got 52 hit points plus. Like, have him come in and just to be like,
1: woah. Okay.
0: Oh my gosh. Um, uh, let's see. Uh having Cudgel and Becklin potentially die off stage. What are your feelings on that? I don't know. Tell me in the Patreon at patreon.com slash dorktales. Um uh that's from William. Uh, my feelings on that are, um, I, I can take or leave Cudgel personally. I think Backlund's the one that makes makes an impact on the players, but uh, it's mostly because Cudgel just got a dumb name my opinion uh Chandra magic more seriously did you make up the various openers for the characters or were they in the book why did you choose to do it that way if you made them up why did you change it from the book why did you change things if you did i hope that makes sense i customized it to the players and when the players did something that didn't fit the module i went with the players over the module because they're my friends and the module and i are barely acquainted in fact the hard copy hasn't even shown up from wizards yet so I don't even know this module. We're, we have never met face to face with the one I bought. I had to buy it twice. Yikes.
3: God damn it. But well, you got get, the better cover.
0: I did get the better cover and I better get my refund. I'm oh, so mad. Because, yeah, so I got the one with Lord Soth on the cover. And the one but, that um, you Yeah, so uh, we will be giving, if I do get the other one in the mail eventually, we will be giving it away as a prize during one of our extra lives. So uh, be sure to come and support charity. It's going to be really good. Or we'll give it away during Dark X. It's, it's a good cover, though. Um. Okay, so from Random Equinox on our Discord, what did you like about the preludes? I liked all of them. Uh, I didn't like the, the, the magic trials being so specific, but once you opened it up, it was pretty good. And uh, what'd you change? Mention that. that. Uh, for the players, what's your favorite part of Dragonlance so far and your favorite NPC? Oh. Oh,
2: holy crap. I need...
1: Oh. darrett darrett Young Keanu Reeves the Squire Boy. Great. I love it. Love it so much.
0: I, I nice. like Ispen. I like Ispen too. Because you designed it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, favorite part? I think just the I I i really adored witch light and how it was so not like traditional D and adventure but on the side the other side of that coin i am loving how 80s action adventure hero story this is like this is this is i am feeling like i've i'm in the movies that i grew up watching as a kid and, and books that i've been reading like i am yeah. i have felt like i've just been inserted into this world and it it feels really fucking great
2: it, this uh, uh, definitely hits me right in the nostalgia, like uh, for 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 a lot of that. and uh, i I am really enjoying that aspect of it so much. And like there's been so many different game styles that uh, we've done um, that have been like a little bit darker. Uh, well, I mean, war is always dark, but uh, um that uh, some of the games that I've played in just have a little bit more like different sort of things. and it's nice to get back into that like kind of classic high fantasy kind of thing and i i i i love like the just it, it it feels kind of it's it's old and familiar but it's also new like it's a new uh look at it it's a new adventure it's it's related to something that uh, i grew up on and but it's also like a, a new and a different story that we get to play with within that world and uh, um so i, I really enjoyed uh, that aspect of it and i'm having a blast with this game so far i'm glad anybody else
5: um, yeah. So yeah, I kind of along the same lines. I'm really enjoying the traditional feel of this game. Um, I'm enjoying, uh, as we said, spoiler warning, not dying. That was nice. That was, <laughs> Thank you, That Clara. was a close call. Right. That was two close calls. <laughs> um, uh, just so yeah, my hit points. Um, sorcerers, great. Uh, sorcerers acting like fighters not always the best but um yeah, it's, it's how she's built and how i like her so it's great <laughs> built different right busy <laughs> um, I, I don't know i i like cudgel, cudgel um but mm-hmm. that's a dwarven thing so yeah eh. <laughs> you just thought about her dwarf best best girl right yeah best dwarf um i i like um i like the douche nuggets because i like having someone to hate <laughs> Um, I like Derek. Um, sometimes he gets on my nerves, but that's an in-character thing too. So, you know, there's that I like Ispen, but yeah, okay. They all have their good points.
0: Did anybody not say what their favorite part was or their favorite NPC, did you say Cal? I said my favorite NPC. I never thought about
4: favorite part. Something happened during, I think it was session three or, or four that I I didn't really grasp readily at the beginning is I, I found the character Um, and I found I was method act like I was right in there and it was like, doesn't want anyone to die. Not that he's cowardly or not that he's afraid of whatever, but like, what's the most important thing? It's not wealth. It's not power. It's not any of these things. How do I get as many good people to live (laughs) and enjoy their their lives as possible and getting so into that and method acting and, and playing out the, uh, oh, things are getting worse. Things are getting worse. Okay. How can we help? Okay. Time is of the essence and, and now we need to go to sleep. (laughs) It was that, that for me was the best kind of like scene when it was like, uh oh, we know these, these bad guys are liars. They're not just going to come in and like, you know, Use use the place as a fort for like a couple days and then move on. We we got to go. And that was the turning point when it was like, okay, oh, shit is hitting the fan. It's time for you guys to get a nap in. <laughs> True.
0: All right. So other questions that are here. Uh, Ink Goblin on in the Discord asked uh, how uh, advice handling the squeeze of all the mini meetings and encounters in town because it's a very dense chapter with a lot of introductions to NPCs who may be important later i would basically do what i said earlier um have your cards separated and uh try to make it regimented because they're kind of staggered in a way that if you breadcrumb or breadcrumb the players um they will kind of meet them in kind of a popcorn fashion just like oh here's one oh here's one oh here's one as they go um if you absolutely have to uh boil it down to the most important ones um, because Derrett will always show up. You don't have to make a big deal about Derrett. He can show up later. Um, but, uh, I mean, you could honestly probably do it without a couple of them, but just do your best to wing it. Give them a brief introduction if you have to. And you can do it with a hand wave at like, oh, you saw them at the funeral, if you really must. Um, and if you you absolutely must, you can cut some of the side NPC interactions. But I would suggest trying to give the full thing if your players are big into role-playing. Um so um from Kiyama, um make the town and NPCs more important and interesting. I hope I covered that earlier. Um, uh, adherent on the Discord would like to see me discuss homebrew changes, particularly regarding enemy death effects. Like I said, uh DC 13 strength save to not lose your weapon in them. If you manage to free the weapon, 50% chance it's broken or in need of repairs. Uh, If you want a quick mechanical thing on that, a weapon that is broken or damaged, either uh, if you're using botches, botches on a 1 or a 2, or has disadvantage. Or you lower the damage dice by one type until it's fixed. Or you do something that I learned from Bob the World Builder, where you give the damage dice disadvantage, so if it's a d10, you roll the d10 twice, take the lower because it's blunt. These are a lot of mechanics that you can apply to your game that are pretty basic um i love botches though uh snowy from the discord asks what happened to the elf and the Kender merchant you'll find out about the elf and the Kender merchant uh left town to restock and is coming home to be very surprised um or maybe they're on the boat i don't know uh from uh in the discord and in the chat right here uh did you like the fray and battlefield effects i'm iffy on the fray i love the battlefield stuff uh, I wish that they gave you more than just the, the six options that they do, or the four or five options, depending on the one. I think they're great. I look forward to them in the future. Uh, general thoughts on how it works. The phrase okay. It, I kind of get it, but it also seems like they could have done more with it since it's just a border, and the players are not going to usually go near the border because they're going to go toward the goal. All it really does is put them in a cage match, which, all right, cool, that's fine. Uh, but there's usually a way... Out of the fray. Um I don't know. That's kind of my opinion. It's cool. The battlefield part's cooler. I love the randomness of it and the way that war feels chaotic then. Uh tips for making the town feel alive. I already did that. Uh is Razira going to try to keep the cat?
3: Probably, yes.
0: Okay, you need you need to come Familiar. up with the name for the cat. They named it.
4: Did you? Sorry, yeah. Uh, she she's yep. dying right now charcoal Charcoal. yeah it
3: was charcoal sorry i was trying to say it but then i was about to cough and have a coughing fit so uh (laughs) yeah charcoal i named it last game
0: okay cool i like Um, that name. also uh for for those who are wondering uh razira did bring the donkey back after the battle we hand waved it the donkey was returned the donkey ended up on a boat it's fine uh we got our ass is an arc with like all the farm animals
4: on
2: it. yeah
0: it's 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 an extra life game
2: Razira's Ark! Oh my god, extra life game! I
0: love it.
3: Yeah, Razira's
0: Ark. <laughs> it's it's called it's called the real ass of Vogler, and it's all about the donkey.
3: <laughs> no, I'll, I'll run a game. I'll play DM as Razira. Everyone has to play animals on the Ark.
0: Shoddy the frog. Uh, shoddy, a particularly sassy swine. Uh. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, going down to Robo... Oh, sorry, uh, Random Equinox, uh, the Gnome running the Gnome Flinger. Cool. Uh, Robo Luchador asks, not so much a how-to-run, but curiosity, how will you handle the parts that are expanded by the board game? Unfortunately we're not. Uh, we can't do the setup, and the board game was frickin' expensive. Uh, been wrecking my day with all sorts of questions. Um, how has the setting changed to reflect the times better, and is any of that because of Hick- the Hickman and Wise controversy, uh, a few years back, that literally put Dragonlance on the no-playlist until it was settled? Um, that's a long and convoluted corporate discussion on a lot of it. Uh, what I will say is that I am a little saddened, uh, at parts of this that they have watered it down a little to fit 5e rather than leaning into the setting. Um, I think that's one of the problems with 5e from, from Wizards of the Coast is that the setting is less important than the core mechanics. A lot of the time that they will, they will lean toward, uh, the, the complete, um Expanded rule set and ideas, rather than like a customized world. But you can. Oh, thank you for all the subs. That's very wonderful. Who, who's that from? Oh, Braddix. You. Thank you yeah. so much. Holy crap, Braddix. Thank you.
2: Yeah, I think they just uh, subscribed them or uh, followed a, a today ten. too. Oh wow,
0: thank you so much, Braddix. That's,
2: yeah, that's during cool. this thank game. You so much. Um, that's amazing
0: yeah so yeah if you um so that's one of the things i would suggest there um knowing ape asks what do you do if your party already wants to murder barkaris they will they 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 will try not to let them and if they do kill him maybe he survives or maybe there's another he doesn't come back later players
5: obviously he's not he has an evil twin brother
0: yeah barkaris
4: the <laughs> Who other. takes over it's the, the precarious
5: disprecarius yeah. Bre- for
4: everything
0: and he's worse
5: every single time you say precarious, i keep thinking that that's right. right one of our one of
0: our patrons precarious, and one of our friends of the channel so here's the deal if you kill him then his older brother precarious, comes back and vows vengeance right that's there what happens go. so that's oh, the rule oh except woman. that he's actually kind of a cool dude no i, I guarantee you uh, this precarious is an evil uncle um okay <laughs> so, so <laughs> Uh, Hermes on the uh, or Hermes on the Facebook group says uh, we are preparing for evacuation. Interesting. in what tips you have for running that part of the chapter. I hope you I hope you found that useful. Scaffold and assist them figuring out solutions. You can make it complicated after they know what actions they can take. But the worst thing in a role playing game is when you feel like you have no options. When you feel because it makes you feel as a player like you're dumb or like you're lacking information. Give them the information. Let them figure it out. Make it complicated once they are progressing toward their goal. But, you know, give them the goal. Uh, From Cal, um, you want to ask a question about, should we do any scenes differently or other reactions to meeting the other PCs and character? What do you think, Cal? Do we kind of... I
4: I only wanted to touch on it and maybe other people said. um, I... And it's nobody's kind of fault but i feel like it could still come so this isn't what i would do different because it maybe it has yet to happen but Mm -hmm. connecting um the three non-human pcs to the human pcs more um like i i actually don't even know if orantiros has introduced himself to (laughs) Kalara. like they've been in the same area i'm
1: not sure he has specifically spoken to her yet (laughs) Yeah.
4: Right. Yeah. And Kalara was busy. I need to go back to work, like, or oh I need to go um uh, like do medicine for the mercenary camp. Like yeah, she yeah. she was busy, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe there can be time to tie in the the PCs, yeah. kind of like how right away Orantiros and Hazel had that mm-hmm. connection in the tower. Mm-hmm. Maybe there are going to be other moments where one-on-one we can find that that connection and i look Mm -hmm. forward to to that there's no time limit on that but that was one of the things i wanted to talk about it would it'd be interesting
5: i usually find that that does end up happening if the players like kind of look for those instances like when riz left um and then hazel was like i'm frustrated with the situation i'm going to leave too i'm going to go find riz so that was a decision i made out of character so that i could have that connection with riz
2: yeah that was great i uh, i feel like uh um like uh um that that's definitely something i want to do a little bit more of as well like i i definitely feel like uh, i've got like um, most of everyone down except for that that one wizard that one mm-hmm. weird dwarven wizard with their weird magic as well and it's like okay like the strange elven magic just kind of freaks me out and whatnot and there's the uh like past uh sort of like uh Uh, missed connection ish, uh, puppy love thing, uh, with Clara, and then like Rosera is the bravest uh, Kender, the bravest kobold. Um, I know, but uh, she's kind of like, right, why not both? Um, and then in a trench coat, and uh, there's uh, but uh, with Rosera, I was just like, I haven't actually talked with uh, Rosera too much, and I've loved that, like. Jen and I have had very similar ideas, like um, out of character, being like, Oh, I want to talk to this guy next, or I want to do this next. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm also kind of like, Okay, Godfrey's a little like, Hmm, hmm, I don't know about that one. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I, but I, I want to talk more with Rosera as well.
1: Yeah. 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 And I think looking at it, part of what's happened is that because there's been a lot happening where we've been in the same space, it hasn't necessarily drifted that way because it's been happening around us but also what's happening is all the backstory connections are the ones that are being played right now
5: Hmm.
1: and uh i think that was the thing you guys were the keeners i was busy (laughs) and wasn't sitting in the chat very much um when we were developing this so i actually with kelly suggested it but uh, Chris and I developed that bit of backstory, so I had some connection to somebody else in the group before we started,
5: mm-hmm.
1: instead of just yeah. being the local girl that you guys all met on the road.
5: Yeah, That's I'm fair. looking forward to whatever this next bit is, because I feel like we're going to have maybe a bit of time to, uh, to have well, some Well,
1: especially if we have to play it all being on the boats. Exactly. Yeah. Um that's kind Welcome of some enforced to the
0: shadow of war.
2: Look, oh, they're dogs. Time. Chapter four. <gasps> Puppies. Puppies.
4: Um yeah, especially that conversation where it's like, okay, there's an elf, they kind of know magic, they helped defend the town, there's a sorcerer here. And all of it, it would make sense for these characters, the these people, um, To kind of go off to the side and have a very Dragonlance moment where it's like, Kalara, what I witnessed on that battlefield, I had (laughs) never dreamed I had seen, blah, blah, blah. Something, something mysterious. Uh,
1: either either that or that's a good thing of that's a good intro. You're an elf. Do you know magic healing? Levna is really, really hurt. I need help.
4: Oh, that's (sighs) a good opening. To drag you two
1: over and just be like, all right, I need help here.
4: It'd be, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Uh, we all kind of knew intrinsically out of character mm. that uh, the bard and the sorcerer shouldn't be healing people <laughs> with that. Mm-hmm. That was never a conversation that had to really be, be had.
5: Um, but it would be a good
1: point for potentially a uh, starting conversation on what we each can do.
5: Yeah, because it's not like exactly. you know that we couldn't. You can heal. Oh no,
1: I'm a can, bloody village girl. I started healing like three days ago. <laughs> can
5: we, yeah, can other people heal? Like you know you couldn't, and then suddenly now Alan's you has got can a robe, but That
1: means she's a like a sorcerer.
5: That's a I, maybe yeah, she could heal. I brought like moonbeam down. That's like a healing thing, right? <laughs> that that's,
1: that's a fair. good. That's an interesting maybe it just conversation. Harms yeah, evil. They were Ooh. obviously evil.
4: Punished by the moon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So.
4: Now she um, just needs
1: to win love by moonlight.
0: It's true. You can fight evil by midnight. My work okay, here is so, done. So last <laughs> last things here. Uh, so uh, JVU has a question regarding the, uh, the boiler drake, the cannon dragon. Uh, since a number of them have seen an action, would you allow the information to be transferred to other applications once they reach villages that might have to withstand it? I mean, knowing how a tank works doesn't stop it from shooting you. Um, so I, sure <laughs> right like they still have to stop the draconians that are manning it right so um,
3: well no i think they're thinking like um like if we were like hey we found this weird thing like could we use it to pass on a to town so they could buy it or make it as a potential defense mechanism
0: no i would say I like
3: that knowing
4: a... object of destruction more than a defensive
2: well yeah i i <laughs> Maybe there's more chances to come across them and then use them.
0: I think if you salvage them, yes. But I think like creating them from scratch, that would be like, if I told you how a gun works, go make a gun. That doesn't work. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Uh, can you
4: tell me how a tank works? Yeah. In Uh, detail?
0: Yeah. You, you get a bunch of glass and you put water in it and then fish go in. What kind of fish? I mean, any type of fish really, (laughs) but the
4: pH of the water. It was
0: pretty good like
2: fresh
0: uh it's it's like as fresh as my jinko jeans and uh you want the water to have a ph balance similarly to gwyneth paltrow's alkaline water but with some lemon in it
4: oh okay the lemon balances
0: it out (laughs) the lemon balances it out really um so uh folks that is pretty much all of our questions here um so i wanted to say thank you so much for joining us this um the last time we did this, we didn't really have much to go on, but we had so many questions, so many comments, and there was so much that we were able to touch on here. I hope that you took some some valuable things away from this. Um, I think my favorite thing about this entire experience is that when I told the players, oh yeah, we're between chapters, so we're doing a how-to, and all of the players simultaneously went, oh yes, of course, that's what we do. And then have not stopped complaining for a week especially chris that we're doing this tonight instead of playing the game because he wants to hop back in so much and as a dungeon master as a storyteller i'm actually okay
5: that this isn't counting no you're not you hate it i've i've been planning technocracy all week so i haven't (laughs) thought about (laughs) dragon this is fair
0: Alright, so folks, um, hey players, thank you so much for joining me for this how to for giving your opinions. Is there any last thing that you wanna share with us before we before we log off? Or are we are we good to go?
1: I think that's pretty good.
0: Okay, there will be more dragons, there will be more lances in the times to come, or at least more Drake spears.
4: Mm. I thought Lance was the guy buried by the rubble. I yeah.
0: It was it was sad. <laughs> it was sad. All Poor right, Lance. so Um, Folks, that is going to be it from us. If you want to be part of the Dork Hills community, I strongly suggest you go and join the Discord totally free. You can find the link in the description below if you're watching on YouTube or on Twitch, it's not about us. If you want to be more involved with Dork Tales or you want to help support the channel, though, I strongly, strongly encourage you to go save Becklin's life by joining the Patreon at patreon.com slash dorktales, where you get additional content, additional uh, rules and lores coming out for our homebrew settings. You also get um, access to, uh, this month, three additional games, I believe. Uh, Next month, four or five additional games that are not broadcast for months and months and months. Uh, Everything from Strixhaven, A Curriculum of Chaos, to Jen running a Mage of the Ascension Technocracy game, um, and, and stuff like that.
5: Session
0: zero on Sunday, and uh, session zero is on Sunday. Uh, and okay. then a special Dork Tales the podcast is coming out very soon, as soon as I have time to edit the damn thing, which is a satirical <laughs> romp through a multiversal quagmire gumbo plane of reality that I think you'll really like um it's a fantastic way to support the channel directly and i would love it if you were there if we hit 150 patrons um we are going to have a star trek adventures game join the roster and at 200 patrons i'm going to run avatar legends the airbending style not the blue people style um which will be fantastic if we get 250 i'll run the other one if you really want it but um oh would you do the face paint the blue i I, do blue why not if you will, I will. Wear
4: nothing but like shells and beads and like the blue. I'm Okay, down, I'm we'll down. talk
0: about that. That's for the hot tub stream. Um, oh, right. And then uh, a couple of other hot things that are coming stream. up. We'll talk later. A couple of other things that are coming up on the channel that you need to be aware of is this Friday night, uh, we have a How to Run Pathfinder 2nd Edition stream. Uh, our good friend and teammate, Way is going to teach myself, Robin, Cal, uh, Krista, and Kel how to run and play Pathfinder 2nd Edition. And then next Friday, we are going to be playing a session of Agents of Edgewater and kind of getting a sense for the system. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, and I hope you join us. It's going to be right here on Twitch at 7 p.m. And on February 4th at 6 p.m. on that Saturday, we are having a very special baby shower here on the channel, a live baby shower for Chris and his partner, Caitlin. And I guess and I guess your baby that's coming. So. Yeah,
2: and, and the, 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 wee, the wee dork First that's stream, on the way. <laughs> yep. So uh, that'll be, uh, that sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, I hope people can check that out. I hope you can too.
0: Um, But thank you so much. If you want to support the channel directly, be sure to spend your Amazon Prime sub here on Twitch. Uh, Subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Give the video a like. And join the Patreon like these fantastic patrons. uh, I want to thank our world-building patrons, Shulton and Jade, the maker of monsters. Our divine patrons, uh, DM Michael Gray and my mom, Jan. Hi, mom. Uh, My demonic patron, Brecarious, who might show up as as uh, Baccarus's older brother uh, in one of your games. Uh, Tammy, the Forever Cleric, who is the Wizard of the Patreon. And, of course, the High Council of Patrons, Taryn, the Traveler, Buddy, Trizelta, Amberthist, Cubby Gummy, Raven with Bobbles, Karasha Ukhart, Drew Thompson, Sergio, Chef Aladeth, Larouk, and Sorcerer Sanguine. You are all amazing, and uh, Running Door Hills is a full-time gig, so thank you so much for allowing these dreams to come true, and for me to eat I really do appreciate that because uh it, it is helpful to me running games. But with that, we will see you next time here on Dragonlance next Wednesday night. Be safe, stay away from dragons and draconians, and don't. And stick lances. Any... Yeah, stay away from lances. Or stay away, from just people named Lance. All right, good night, everybody. Dragonlance: Shadow of the Dragon Queen is a Dork Tales production. It stars Chris Blog as Godfrey High valor Robin Holford as Razira Moonbrush. Jen Peters as Hazel Nightgranate, Christine Rattray as Kalara Vingard, and Kaylin Vinson as Tiros. Its dungeon master is Kelly Clark. Speaking of which, I'd like to take a minute to thank all of our patrons at patreon.com dorktales, starting with our Patreon producers, our world-building producer, Jade, the maker of monsters, our divine producer, duh my mom, and I guess my stepdad, Bob, our demonic producer, Precarious; our fun but evil, Funkle, we love you, Uncle Marty, our wizard of the Patreon, Tammy, the forever cleric, you're a wizard now, Tammy. Our Princes of the Patreon, Taryn, the original Dorktales fangirl, Dustin, our time traveling buddy from 1977, Triselta, aka James Bododge, Cubby Gummy, Amberthist, the Traveler, Raven with Baubles, Karasha Urquhart, Drew Thompson, Sergio, Chef Eladeth, Larouk, and Sorcerer Sanguine. Our level 10 heroes Nacro the Straw Hat Devil Hans H. Bounderhoof; Professor Multiverse Snowy323 Atom Bomb Tabitha Rudkin Chandra Magic Prophet of Woe Draconis Majers Dodger Lakers Fan Jamal Cheatham Renee Hayes Sporksaber Colin Son Iron Warrior X Danica Rising Voidweaver and Rufio are very important patrons who donate five or more dollars per month an actual guinea pig dale cope the eternal student of life camille who may be six possums in a trench coat evan long-time listener first-time patron jason tudor the mayor of icewind dale krista mitchell the siege fx engine rio but without the oz robin holford the winemaster united adventure company sm pace hillary matt ds eric and amber evil tommy kiyama svensson olivia joe abad red monk Stormshanks, jacob random equinox uncanny kate dazed apricot Ray G. The Bongmaster, David Ellis, Jeremy Smith, Lock Jen, Slurm, Slouching Beast, Graham Rudkin, Frankenax, Policino, Chris Deeds, Malazing, Jacob Shinji McDonald, Laura Arasmith, Mashmacon, Chilstandy, An Insomniac Veterinarian, Marcel, Low and So Anorable, Bryn Hawker, Whistler, DM Shari, Gaming Hyper Panda, Stuart Tiffin, Ethereal Ashy, The Dixon 3, Owls, Bartold, KC, Eduardo Garcia, Tyler Saunders, David Carnan, Fally Pally, Waffle Rabbit, Eric of Norse Foundry, Robbie Dick, Parker Radborn, Caitlin Vinkle, Brandon Keane, Walter Manbeck, Diggy Diggy Blog, Marcos Olguin, Chris Kane, Braddockism, Stephen, Denise Atwood, Wolfgang, Nyla, Russell Christian, Shelley Garvin, Yosef, Stephen Malik, Game Hen, Panda Cior, and James G. And finally, our Dork Squad Jen Peters, Daniel, Brent, CTRSTY, Hayliz, Patrick, Zach Rules, Ace Emmett, Renee Anderson, Britton Williams, Ava Hernandez, Jacob Embry, Catherine Petricelli, Kathleen Haleperin, Robin Barton, Judith Steen, Orion The Scott, Heavy Metal and Tea, Erica Lena, Kayla Haynes, Shannon McLean, Oni Yuri, Cade Green, Stephen Pearson, and Chip. If you'd like to hear your name at the end of these episodes and get access to exclusive perks, feel free to join us on Patreon.com/DorkTales. DorkTales survives on the generosity of our patrons, and I can't express how grateful I am to each and every one of you for your support. Thank you so much, and thanks to you for listening. If you want to reach out, you can find us on the Dork Tales Discord. We hope you join us, and we'll see you in the next episode.